0: and oh my god 2021 was two years ago for it is another episode of the sweet chinwag podcast i am sam alongside Reardon and dan as we continue our journey for the wacky world of professional wrestling joining us this week it's been a very long time coming uh and this is the first time we're actually ever going to do a, a a response episode for our guest on this show you may know him as Forrest Sova, you may know him now for his channel uh, known as Queen, where he now covers predominantly MMA, wrestling, and smash, which I would say is the holy trinity of all content. Yes, it's Forrest Sova. Hello,
1: Forrest. Hey, Forrest Sova here in the Sweet Chinwag podcast. I was wondering uh, that it's like, do I, if I introduce and talk about my YouTube channel, do I call it Queen or do I just call it my YouTube channel? Is <laughs> forget that i changed the name of it and Uh, uh, you know it's fine (laughs) because for me i just call it mine right Mm, yeah Yeah. but yeah Yeah. it's nice to be nice to be on a on a wrestling podcast it's i don't do very many of these not because i don't like to but because i'm a a shadowy recluse who actually doesn't like wrestling very much but i like talking about it (laughs)
2: no that's entirely understandable though
0: it's entirely entirely understandable especially when you've got like smash there in the in in the background there which you know what (laughs) respect because i because my former job in esports i had to cover a lot of the fgc including smash so like i my respect for you is up there (laughs) forrest
1: I mean, if someone's got to cover Smash, you know, it's just oh. fucking it. people, people are people are playing for 20 years and breaking their hands to play for like $12, and it's like at least someone can talk about
3: them. Someone's got to give.
0: Someone's got to give. Hungry Bucks plaudits. Come on.
3: <laughs> I mean, got oh, that. Got that. Um. That. That never ever is on Hungry Boxes so good. But anyway, <laughs> l- listen, I, I just have to make this note, quick note for everyone. Uh we at the Sweet Chin- Chinwag Podcast can officially state that Meta Knight did nothing wrong.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the, the Sweet Chinwag Podcast stance, huh? <laughs> listen, that is yeah. that
3: is that is the Sweet Chinwag Podcast's official position on Meta Knight. <laughs>
1: You did nothing I'm, wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with, like, uh, Meta Knight, like, uh, whitewashing of history. What I'm not okay with is if we just start just pumping up every broken character in Smash games. is just, like, just to stand on the opposite side of history. I won't be on a podcast that is saying, like, you know what? Melee Fox, totally fair and balanced.
3: Good character. Should
1: be, should be everything that it is.
3: No, he was OP as fuck. <laughs> listen, 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 listen. I'm not a serial killer. <laughs> okay. I have been
1: ranting for like the last little bit and it's just it's just my poor girlfriend who doesn't know anything about Smash. It's just I will just I'll think about playing Fox online and I just start getting mad. And I just start calling them all back. <laughs> like I would be fine if all of them died. And it's like that's most people who play the video game. I would be fine with it. I'll give up 55% of the Melee fan base who plays the space animals if it just means they go away. I'd be so fine (laughs) with it.
0: <laughs> you heard it here first, everybody. I mean, yes. been, oh, I remember this is actually a wrestling podcast. What am I doing?
2: How yeah, we try to look right. Decor is actually a wrestling podcast. I feel like it's a stretch sometimes. Yeah, honest, honestly honestly. <laughs> you know like, what? No, no, no. If, no that we intersect. Out, yeah. We intersect with so much shit because you saying all of this, even though I'm not like the most well versed in Smash, but I know about I know about Melee Fox. Um, yeah. <laughs> just remind, just reminds me of when I'd be playing Tekken with my friends, and we had a blanket ban on anyone playing Eddie just because yeah. we yeah. we just had we just had one guy that we used to play with who just used to be the most annoying person ever, and we were like, look, if you keep playing Eddie, we just won't invite you anymore.
3: Listen, I, I-, I, will, I will make this really quick, but one of my greatest online feats is absolutely eradicating someone playing as Eddie. <laughs> just, ir- just ending their life. There is a god in our midst. <laughs> <laughs> this is why
0: it annoys everyone when I played online as Steve and everyone was Eddie, and I would absolutely decimate anyone, uh, anyone who was playing as Eddie with this
2: this is this is my final thing before we move on. If anyone listening to our show um, ever played sm- like a SmackDown versus Raw or WWE two K game, and you use one of those like glitch move sets, then like I hope you deserve every like <laughs> you just everything bad that has happened to you. Uh, I hope just you understand.
1: Just as as one quick uh, aside, this is not for Tekken but I I have like a mixed feeling towards like uh, Soul Caliber the character Killick Yes. I want I I don't think that he's like considered super broken, but oh man, what a frustrating son of a bitch character with a big long staff. Uh he's probably the only person that I would be interested in playing though. <laughs> I don't play Soul Calibur, but it's like hmm, Killik seems fun. Piece of shit character. <laughs> I, it could be worse. You could
0: be Yoder in Soul Calibur 4. Ah uh, yeah, Tiny Boy. Tiny Boy <laughs> in yeah
2: fighting game doesn't sound wasn't fair. it also wasn't it also was it helena yes <laughs> yeah who just used who just used to have the true combo which just sent you off the stage <laughs> uh,
0: love and then no I'll one
2: just... and then um soul caliber got taken away from i think evo because no one wanted to watch it <laughs> <laughs> it
0: angers me angers me anyway where were we oh yes sweet chin my podcast we give you this podcast thanks to those lovely people over at soundcloud spotify google podcasts apple podcasts and forever pending other platforms you know are... guys are there other platforms supposedly i mean apparently well, we're literally. not on all the, yeah. the platforms. solo monsters on so you know i think we have to get those
1: it's, yeah, it's yes. Like yes. Google Podcasts, and someone—I swear to God—someone would message me when I was uploading a podcast, be like, "When can a? Uh, when is it, is this ever going to be uploaded on Google Podcasts?" And I just resolved, like, I will die before I figure out how to upload stuff to Google Podcasts. I won't do <laughs> it.
3: Well, I gotta say, this is the first time that anyone has ever interrupted me during my pending spiel. <laughs> this is this is this is new. But you know what? It doesn't matter because I cannot be stopped, Forrest, by even you, you um, mother, man. you piece of shit. Because we will always <laughs> be pending, and we always will be, no matter what guest comes on the show. If no I... matter what,
1: if you're always pending, are you at that point? I mean, he's not, I
0: mean,
3: I'm not dealing with this philosophical question. Yeah, yeah Listen, listen. Yeah. We are, we are, a, we are a very philosophical podcast, but that might actually end the podcast if we ever <laughs> figure it, that out. It's,
0: uh, it helps with merch, Forrest. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, <laughs> before we get on to the Gonzo batshit year that was Ring of Honor in 2021, <laughs> it is time. To visit Dan for this week's Wrestling News.
3: Dun, 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 dun.
0: Wrestling News. Ah, I love it. hundred and thirty odd episodes and that's never changed.
3: Never changed. We could've re- honestly we could record my bit, but we just don't. But, but yeah, why? you know, why? but like that
2: takes the fun out of it.
3: You're right.
2: And it
1: also it's the audible confusion you get with when we have guests on when we do it i was gonna ask like is that is jingle always the same or is it a new one because both are admirable no it's been the same the entire run of this yeah. podcast <laughs> yeah, i do agree you can't automate it you can't like record it and play it because then it just takes the heart out of it you know <laughs> we're,
3: we're, we're lost <laughs> i'm you know i do wonder who's gonna do eventually do the dance mix of it
2: well, you know, we'll we'll just see how things go as
3: time goes on.
1: Sounds like a passion project for you. <laughs> oh,
3: passion, passion? I ain't passionate about that. was <laughs> <laughs> just something I do in my nine to five. God.
0: Okay. Um, Elimination Chamber 2022. We are now at the fallout of that, and we now know that Sami Zayn's the the, the well, kind of what we all knew kind of all knew along the whole time is that Sami Zayn was never going to be the champion.
3: <laughs> we were right. <laughs> Listen. That's... We knew it. <laughs> we knew it. They knew it. Everything we knew. Actually, while, while we're on the subject of it, can I just... I was discussing it with a friend. Shout out to you, Trish. You've never listened to this podcast, but... <laughs> Man. <laughs> Hi, Trish. <laughs> she, she, has, she has actively said that she just cannot listen to podcasts, especially wrestling podcasts, so she'll never listen to it. Which is fair enough. Fair but enough. I, but she did make the point that isn't it weird that there are like two proper pay per views before WrestleMania? I agree.
2: Well, the it's thing, really I, the thing, the thing, I, the thing I've always said is because. The Royal Rumble feeds into WrestleMania. So, why is there one in the middle? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there never fine. used to be one.
1: Well, I'm fine with the one in the middle because they do often use it to just like fill out stuff before WrestleMania. Yeah. They have multiple, like, quote-unquote, top titles. Like, they would just use the Elimination Chamber to just set up other stuff. It being an Elimination Chamber, it is hit and miss, whatever, but it, it is also just uh, an establishment to set up championship contenders for the other titles. I think it's fine, because otherwise, it's just, like, it, it would stick out in their calendar of just, like... Two three months of uninterrupted weekly TV, it seems strange and unnecessary. So hmm. throw, it, throw it in the middle. Well no, yeah. It's
3: like, it's like I'm I'm fine with like say <laughs> like Royal Rumble and then money in the bank. But but Royal Rumble, money in the Elimination Chamber, Money in the Bank, and then WrestleMania, all as part of like the road to WrestleMania, seems just a little odd,
0: right? I mean, money in the bank's July this year. Is it? Yeah, like, yes, it's at the two, okay. isn't it? Yeah,
3: that's right. Yeah, it's back. Hey, fun, um, well, actually, fun, no, fa- it's-
2: fun fact. Fun fact. Fun fact about that: resale tickets are currently on at eight hundred pounds. <laughs> Jeez,
0: they sold out in one minute like we we were fully planning on trying to at least try to go to money in the bank and it was like no <laughs> no we can't now
2: in, when in in the in the first like two minutes that pre-sale was even open they the tickets immediately went to like 300 quid
1: listen 800 isn't bad that's like half the price to go to a blink 182 concert.
3: He's not wrong, you know. <laughs> that's, no, that's true. What, do, yeah. what
1: is what is eight hundred pounds in dollars?
2: Uh, I don't know, man. I used, uh, I used uh nine hundred fifty-five U.S. dollars.
1: I used to generally know the conversion because I do a podcast with a British person, and every time the uh, the pound would go down, I would just shit on his currency. <laughs>
2: it's <laughs> all right you don't need to do that because we will handle that ourselves <laughs>
0: <Exactly>. <laughs> credit Crudge <crutch> or not <laughs> but no um... it, was, it
2: was funny seeing the people that are like the, the wwe not know people are in a cost of living crisis right now in which case if you are in a cost of living crisis why are you buying wwe tickets this much well, but, yeah, you know, true.
1: People, if the people are, are experiencing that who then spend money on wwe it's
3: like that's not on the wwe i mean i think it is i disagree you're <laughs> up, you're allowed to have some fun
1: no no you you are but it's like it's not the w like you can't be like why would you yeah, know WWE- yeah, it's, it's
2: not the wwe thought that people are paying 800 pounds for tickets although i would i would say the wwe coming in and being like haha do you want a mid-level seat pay give us 300 pounds please
1: now it's like Is the WWE the one who's setting those prices or those resale tickets? Well,
2: it is worth saying these are being sold through Ticketmaster, who are, in fact, a company. (laughs) The devil. (laughs) The
1: devil. The devil. But, you know, you know. they're, They're very heavily inflated. Because that's like, oh, this is where you can get them easily. And just people don't know any other way. Exactly. I mean, there, 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 there basically is no other way for major tickets in Europe. <laughs> buy, buy your resale tickets 45 minutes before the show happens. They'll be like $3 because they just want to get some money. <laughs> so that's, 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 the, that's uh, the rule.
0: Yeah. Show up at the 0 yeah, Arena so... five minutes before gate's over. Are...
2: <laughs> so we're, we're we, under- are, we are here... Yeah. Um. Sami Zayn has lost, and as I as I believe has been put into a feud with Baron Corbin. So,
1: <laughs> is it a feud, or did he
2: just fight him?
0: I feel at this
2: point. I I feel think like I, I, making... I I was told by my friend who watches WWE far more than me that they're framing it like a feud between the two of them. Of which I have to say, oh how the mighty fall. <laughs> wow.
1: I I feel like it isn't only because. I feel like people will just like view Baron Corbin with a sense of dread of like, oh, anybody who wrestles him that I like is just gonna be stuck in a three month feud with them. Uh, because this, like hmm. the stuff that I've seen with Sami Zayn is like he had that big promo with Kevin Owens just afterwards and then still stuff with uh with like Jey Uso. Yeah. And, Maybe he, maybe they just have him wrestle Baron Corbin to do something that isn't just like a soap opera week. Well, I was, I was gonna was say, so
2: because I know, I know, I know people who shit on Baron Corbin, and my only thing with Baron Corbin is that there's a repeated pattern of WWE just putting people in programs with him to be like, look, we're gonna get somewhere later. We just need to do, we just do this <laughs> for now to like keep your keep your schedule busy.
1: He's a holding pattern, yeah. He's very much not a guy you wrestle with for a story. It's he's a heel (laughs) wrestle,
2: like he like he's not he's not gonna elevate or like I was gonna say bury, but that's not the right word. Like he's not gonna elevate, but he's not like push you down or anything. He's just gonna keep you in exactly the same place you were,
1: which I think is fine for Sami Zayn because he is so up high that people can view it as like him getting like docked. But if, if it's literally just a holding pattern and it gets him on TV in front of an audience that is willing to like him, and he's still doing story stuff with yeah. Owens and Jey Uso, I think that a, a feud with like a, a space filler like Baron Corbin is fine. Yeah. It just doesn't read well when you say it on Twitter. <laughs>
2: yeah. Made- well, as we, as we all know, 140 characters, although they've added the option to get more, I believe, if you pay them um, –
0: there's also only paying... so
2: much nuance that you can get. Um...
0: Also, paying oh, for two-factor authentication, you fucking
2: cheeky bastard, Elon. Just, oh, just, oh. just, 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 use Google Authenticator, man. Yeah, I
3: like it's infinitely easier.
1: I don't even use two-factor authentication now.
3: <laughs> that that guy. Yeah. Oh, oh, man. I, you know, between Baron Corbin and Twitter's practices, I have a lot of things that I cannot say on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm going to stay quiet on all of that. Uh, no, I'm in At least, least
2: Baron Corbin didn't try and invent um, a train, but worse. Yeah, <laughs> this is true.
0: This is true. I'm like, I'm in agreement. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad in a sense they, rather than in a, sto- in the way they're building the story up, not to have Kevin immediately say yes to what no, Sammy said that. to him. That's it's good. That. That, yeah. mm. It's so I love that. It's, it's human. Kevin Owens is a human person who knows that Sa- Sammy has been a bit of a dipshit the past couple of years. So
1: why should he immediately say yes to
2: him? Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah it, just, it, it, it creates intrigue week to week. Like, you know they're going to get together, but you don't know when. And when they make it not immediate, it just makes it like there's still 27 episodes of WWE TV between now and then. And they can just have have it on half of those, and then they reunite on like the 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 twenty third, and exactly. then it's like oh, episodes, and they can they could just do stuff. Exactly. And it's no, I love that. It's also strange that Kevin Owens. I swear he's going rogue and doing this because he's the only one who does it. And in my experience with talking about wrestling. People who, this stuff that, like, when guys just completely stand out from the rest of the roster, they're just doing it and no one notices. But Kevin Owens being the only person in the WWE to, like, remember stuff and reference specific moments in time and previous storylines is the weirdest, uh, is the weird, like, consistent element of his character. Like, he just (laughs) remembers that happened three years ago and specifies, this happened in March 2019. It's like... I didn't even remember that. <laughs> See, Kevin it's...
2: Owens is the only person on the roster who has object permanence.
0: Exactly! it's <laughs> <laughs> literally what I was going to say. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it, because it seems like they're weaving... They're woving the storyline of the Bloodlines kind of disillusioned into all of this. Because I have a feeling the bigger picture, is, of course, is... Um, the, of course, the, the 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 bloodline dissolving, but it almost seems like the the fact or well, Sammy and Kevin going up against the Usos might also have a bit of a detrimental effect towards Roman as he goes into WrestleMania against Cody.
2: Well, this is this is the this is the thing that people were saying because, um, going into that match against Roman, obviously everyone's like, ah, we really want Sammy Tate. and there was the really funny um. <laughs> The really funny press release thing, although I believe it was a I believe it was a Davy Meltman thing. Um <laughs> but um it was there and it was saying like um WWE were concerned about Sammy's popularity and the entire way it was phrased made it sound like they were annoyed at Sammy being good at his job. <laughs> <clears throat> like man literally too good at doing what he should be doing.
1: <laughs> yeah. It sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? <laughs> it... Meltzer has just a weird way that he views stuff and is also very stubborn. And like, he just can't deviate from how he views things. I mean, if there's anything to
0: go by, just look at the Wrestling Observer Awards that were were shown last night. And I'm like, really?
2: Really? I mean, I I was going to mention it at the end anyway, just because I wanted to get this one up here right Look, right, I understand that pe- there are people like that do not like the WWE, but how WWE won in a field containing NWA and control your narrative for worst promotion is yeah. Yeah, that's, utterly that's, confusing to me.
1: That's one of the things that's like the inverse of people believing that the most popular good thing is the best thing. And so exactly. it's just the inverse. It's like the most popular thing that people don't like, well, that has to be the worst just by measure of volume. No one like, knows, like no
2: genu- one- genuinely the WWE winning in that winning in that field is straight up Macklemore winning best rap album Grammy.
1: <laughs> so I I, I I think that it is just like it's just different. It's like it's like Drake winning if, if he won the best rap Grammy and the worst rap Grammy every single year. Like if he just won the best and worst award every year just because he is the biggest and most popular. Mm. Like it, it's just a strange dynamic where 12 people watch NWA, no one else does. So no one's gonna vote for it because they don't think about it, but they know about the WWE. And even if they don't like it, there's just more people who know about it to vote. On an objective level, WWE is way better than NWA, uh, I, c- I could start a promotion tomorrow and probably be better than the NWA. <laughs> I was gonna say, we
2: could start we could start a promotion and it would immediately be better than the NWA.
0: Ain't it crazy that the Deadlock Boys have a promotion that is miles better Whoa. than
2: the NWA? <laughs> <laughs> Again, this is this is the point of what like this is what it takes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> also, here's the thing. Out of spite, I would start a promotion, and I would also book Bully Ray just to show the NWA that you can. <laughs> Basically, Bully Ray's ne- Billy
0: Ray's next gimmick is the is. I is, just is... love the
2: idea of just being NWA. I, I, I hope. I, I wonder if you know why I booked you. It's purely just to spite another company that you work for. Okay.
1: It's despite all the companies that he works for. <laughs>
0: Your next gimmick is basically <laughs> fuck the company you're working for.
2: <laughs> all right, basically, I want you to do none of that NWA shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. I'm
1: I've been, I've been saying, Bully Ray is next up. All right. Yes. Oh, so good, yeah. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've been saying that. Check the record. Oh gosh.
2: Anyway. Anyway. Um. <laughs> there, was other, there was other stuff. Speaking, at the elimination speak, chamber. <laughs> there was plenty of other stuff at um elimination chamber, um. I mean, was- like in 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 general, I heard that it was a for the most part good show. It was um, a good
1: show. Yeah, it's a really good.
2: It's a- Literally, the only I think the only thing that damaged it for a lot of people was just that the the ending, which unfortunately is the bit everyone remembers. Oh yeah,
1: I, people, people didn't like the ending, but I found that the people who really didn't like the ending were the people who don't watch WWE, but they like Sami Zayn, so they're tuning in for the Sami Zayn stuff. Yeah, and for that. Understand most wrestling is just investment, and so if you're invested in Sami Zayn and you're not interested in the Roman Reigns story, then I understand being frustrated with it. I th- actually thought the ending was very good like the ending, like in totality, not just the ending of the wrestling match, but the ending of the entire show just seemed completely antithetical to how the WWE typically books people in mm. like because, like, that is that is how. Like that is, it's a trope at this point where it's like people lose in the in their hometown, and get embarrassed because oh the heat, brother. But the, at the end of the elimination chamber, they very much had Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens like beat the Bloodline and stand tall in the ring at the end of the show. Even though they, even though Sami Zayn lost, he should have lost in the story that they're telling. But he didn't go out, like, if they ended the show like they ended the Royal Rumble, where Kevin Owens is just dead and Sami Zayn is dead, then yeah, I could get that that it's a deflating ending. But I actually watched the ending of the the pay-per-view, and it's like, this is a very uplifting ending, even though Sami Zayn didn't get the W. The story that they're telling, this is a very positive moment to end the show on for the crowd that cares about Sami Zayn exactly yeah. and be, let's be honest there's a
0: heck of a lot of better ending than previous endings that they've done in montreal <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's not hard and that's all I've yeah, got i have to say about that <laughs> um anyway just moving on briefly to um aew we have uh revolution coming up um the excitement for this is not the same um as before i think things have been a little bit more down um than usual like the only thing i'm only i'm really interested in right now is they're running the elite versus the house of black so i'm expecting that to like kind of fuck
0: i uh, mostly because i'm i'm very excited to possibly i don't know if they're going to pull the trigger on the house of black being trios champions but one can hope I'd i really
2: I, like i to have see i have that. a firm belief that they should because then it lets the elite do literally anything else exactly
1: so I, so I don't watch AEW, but just on the outside and, like, in a in a theory world, them, like, House of Black winning should happen because the House of Black is just a weird hodgepodge of stuff yes. that has, that like, went away and then came back and people like because, ooh, spooky goth. But they also, the elite, you know, they went away, came back, had this bizarre best of seven series that, for, for, for whatever reason— with uh, with the Death Triangle or whatever their name is, and, um, and 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 so it's just like they have invest and also the trio's title were just made specifically for the elite. And yeah. I don't know how time works, but it feels like they came back and had that best of seven, and that ended a month ago. Yeah. And so it's like it's it it would be strange for them to lose it to House of Black when they got it back specifically because they only lost it because they were suspended. But that this is that's just a case of it's not good booking to have these two face each other because logistically either of them losing is kind of dumb. True. At least at least on like a theory level I haven't been watching. Hmm. So I I can't know how the actual vibe is, but like when I when I hear about it it's like those two probably shouldn't Wrestle each other right now because it seems unnecessary. Because like if House of Black kept doing stuff and had a story, then it would not be noticeable that they're not trios champions. Exactly. The elite losing the title would be strange because then they would just go off and do other stuff and not be the elite six man tag champs. But the House of Black losing, well, now they've lost. So what do you do with them now?
2: Yeah, this is this is really this is really the thing because the key part has become the elite became trios champions and then like since then pretty much nothing has happened
1: yeah they they've wrestled matches they've they've th- that's a big problem that i find with dynamite is like they are a big uh, go out there and wrestle a match and it's like okay d- why do i care because the match is good all of the matches are good it's 2023 exactly yeah <laughs> exactly
2: totally. it's just like the thing of like we aren't we aren't getting anywhere with any of this
1: <laughs> <laughs> talking
0: of dumb the, the freeway match for the women's world championship. um, um oh brother. <laughs> I, I, I I'm sorry, I'm gonna I, I do have to say this. I think the whole Soraya Tony Storm storyline has been dumb for lack of a better word. Um and it's such a, a misuse, I think, of everyone involved in the women's division. Look, let me just me. let me
2: let me just say it, let me just say it like this, right? They tried.
0: They, they really, really did. <laughs> they,
2: they tried, and it did not work. So, no, yeah. oh. uh-huh. no, right? I like they, they went, they went in with this idea of like, look, we're gonna have Soraya, and we're gonna, like, you know, she's gonna help. Like, I guess bring like her. I don't even know her power to this division, whatever. And I think they were really banking on that, and I think they've realised like what they've gotten themselves in for, and it is not what they expected.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> All my hope is that is that Jamie Hater, at the very least, retains um i would like, have liked if it would if i mean if it were just jamie versus ruby soho
2: but we got yeah we got... Jamie, i i feel like oh, jamie versus is, ruby soho would be un- the far I, superior match
0: i still can't understand why they've made Britt baker still a baby
1: face when the like the, the, the... because
2: it's all tony knows how to do
1: <laughs> tony khan i, I had this long theory about new japan gato doesn't book new japan he booked okada Tony Tony Khan <laughs> doesn't book a women's division. He, he books, books Britt Baker. Britt Baker and then all of the pieces around Britt Baker, they just kind of shift places, but she stays right where she is. I feel like, sorry. It's it,
2: it's the it's the thing I said, it's the thing I said last week when we had Kat here, right? Mm. L- like let's just do wrestling 101, okay? Let's have Britt Baker versus Jamie Hater because then we can just like get somewhere. <laughs>
1: Well, here's the thing, all right. Jamie Hader versus Britt Baker. If Britt Baker loses, then she's no longer standing beside Jamie Hader while Jamie Hader holds the title. Yeah, and you could uh, just yeah. associate the title with the image of Britt Baker.
2: But and but and, and you, a... and you know what, right? If you want to have babyface Britt Baker, have her lose. No, she's Britt Baker. <laughs> BMD. <laughs>
0: Can't forget the dental. Uh, the dental. Uh, We're not going anywhere.
2: <laughs> We're not doing any. Going anywhere of any of this. So, anyway, so my my good. last my last bit of the news before we move on because I'm getting frustrated. Um, <laughs> hey. Anyway. Um, you ever wanted um, Jonathan Gresham versus Mike Bailey on your card, and then you thought, you know what? I need Tommy Dreamer versus Bully Ray on that. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. Don't worry, Impact's got
1: something for you. <laughs> oh no, this is a good decision. I'm telling you, like there, it's easy. It's easy to say that this is dumb, and it, because of the general premise of you know, oh, it's on the it's on the the quote unquote main card. It's better. This just means that Jonathan Gresham versus Mike Bailey is going to be on YouTube, where you can watch it later. I, yeah, I, this I, is this
2: is this is the base view that Forrest opened my eyes to.
1: It's it's a practical view. It's the only way that I can view wrestling. It's like I don't have to go look. For the Jonathan Gretchen, Mike Bailey versus Motor City Machine Guns match, by looking up where to find where you can watch Impact, I can go on YouTube and watch that because that was on the the pre-show. It's like, oh, this is good. This is good. This I, this makes sense. It's the only way that I can that I can rationalize it because the idea of match on main card means better is like it's hit and miss. It's how I, it's how uh, I always viewed like WWE pre-show stuff where they would put like. That's why they put uh pack Pac, when he was whole, the cruiserweight champion. Yeah. He would always have uh, matches on the pre-show and it was always better. Cause they would always be 15, 17 minutes long and good because they're not, he's not competing for time with stuff that WWE will view as better. And that's the. Fa- I feel
0: that's very similar to AEW's pre shows to a certain degree as well. You'll literally yeah. find a match that's probably match of the night on the pre show. <laughs> yeah. I case in point, Eddie Kingston versus Junaki Arbor at Full Gear last year. Yeah,
1: it's just it's a it's a perspective that uh, wrestling fans and MMA fans to an extent where they view it just from top down. They view main event, co main event, and then just everything underneath it is decreasing in importance and how you view it but in a in a practical sense I think that WWE was kind of a pioneer in this in that they started putting big matches first on the show mm. because that would excite people and then stuff in between so it's just like a it's peaks and a valley in the middle um but stuff on a pre-show I feel like it's viewed as oh this isn't a this isn't necessarily a thing we care about. It just has to be there. We'll put it on YouTube or whatever. But I just view—I think that as a fan, you can o- the best way to view it is in a practical sense of this is easier for me to watch, and it's not competing for time. This is only a this is only a positive. I don't know if executives are thinking that way. I don't know if if Impact is thinking that way. They should because people who watch this good match between Jonathan Gresham and Mike Bailey, I presume. Are more likely to pay money to watch the Impact show, which then they could sneak in this uh, uh, Tommy Dreamer versus uh, Bully Ray. Which I'm telling you, Bully Ray, he's next up. We got you got to charge money for the big draws.
2: <laughs> and with that, we are done with the news.
1: <laughs> I'm not, I mean, not
0: even not even uh... acknowledging that we just go. We are ending the news. Right. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, there's,
3: there's
1: a, talk about that's just an objectively correct stance.
3: He's he not wrong.
0: That. He's not wrong. Anyway, Reardon it is time for recommendation corner. What have
3: you got for us this week? Guys, how do you feel about Fat Boy Slim? Brilliantly. It's a
1: money name. I don't know Fat Boy Slim. Great name.
3: <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh You're in the right podcast, mate. <laughs> Fat Boy Slim. You know, Fatboy Slim, as I was watching what I'm recommending today, kind of, I'm kind of his child (laughs) (laughs) in terms of musical output. Mm -hmm. As for for some you don't know, Fatboy Slim was essentially the uh, DJ, like like name DJ, like before David Guetta, before like dead mouths before. for all of those guys, there was a dude from Brighton <laughs> called Norman Cook, a.k.a. Fatboy Fat Boy Slim. Fatboy Slim, Fat Boy Slim it's, a, it's a great name. <laughs> it's oh, a- it is. And even greater was his output. And from like, from like the early to mid-90s to his absolute peak of his powers, that was 2002, he was pretty much unstoppable. Oh, mm-hmm. no, this Fucking generational run. <laughs> yeah, like, like perhaps, like I honestly feel like the, the closest to like a the closest man to having a great a run like him would be Skrillex. Closest to a certain degree, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. To a certain degree, but like everyone's in the shadow of Fatboy Slim. Really, <laughs> the the master of the big beat. The, Just... only,
0: the only DJ that I know actually got a full like kit sponsor for his local team as well.
1: Yeah. <laughs> if you yeah, remember and...
0: that time, the Brighton and Hove Albion that was sponsored by Skint Records. <laughs>
3: That's right, it was. And so, what I'm recommending is the documentary right here, right now, which chronicles, which what well, chronicles the general story of Fatboy Slim, but focuses on. The absolute he, his absolute zenith, and perhaps, and perhaps like the end of him. Like it's kind of funny. It's kind of like like it's almost like his WrestleMania eighteen. <laughs> 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 like where it's absolute. Like he he has reached the absolute imperial phase of his powers, and then at the, but he could never reach that time again because yeah it because it um it chronicles the rise and near disastrous fall of the big beach boutique too
2: mm.
3: yeah which was and remains the remains the single the single biggest free live music event in british history yeah and will remain so because mm. afterwards the afterwards the british government al- said that this will never happen again <laughs>
1: They, they, they hung it from the rafters. They're like, you know what? We're we're, we're retiring the, the 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 large free show.
3: No, 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 no. Like he literally almost destroyed the city of Brighton by doing it, and it chronicles how that happened, how how they managed to avoid near catastrophe and, and how they never do it ever again
0: and you would have thought that the mods and rockers in 1964 would have destroyed brighton
3: nope it was norman <laughs> cook <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it is actually it is a really fascinating time like really nostalgic frankly because it, it starts to play a lot of music that i haven't heard in years and i was like oh oh boy this oh is, yeah i love it so much <laughs> and it, and like it's it's just a really fascinating explanation with some really interesting guests. Like, like, I never watching it. Yeah, I I do really recommend it speaking
0: of t- things to watch <laughs> i must may, may i just it's may may i just take the reins from you raiden and, and say people please please go watch joseph montacidio's latest video a history of madison eagles versus nicole matthews because um it's a very special video not most not because i edit, i helped edit it with joseph but i think the the time and effort he put in for this one as well as getting madison and nicole in for for just little for little sound bites during the video, um, it it's gone down incredibly well with everybody, and I highly recommend if you're ever into if want to know more about Shimmer just in general as like one of the most premier companies for women's wrestling, I recommend that as well. Another quick one, everybody, go listen to Cracker Island by Gorillas. It's a fantastic album. <laughs>
2: I was going to say, I just want to jump in real quickly because you're mentioning uh, Fatboy Slim. <clears throat> uh, I highly recommend one of his more uh, undernoted uh releases of recent times, which is the Fatboy Slim versus Australia, um, like kind of compilation record. Basically, it's a series of songs uh, of uh, his done or having versions done by Australian artists. It's really cool.
3: <laughs> oh, that that sounds really interesting. Actually, I I will take a look at that. <laughs>
0: yeah but uh, that is the recommendation corner done and with that we are on to the main portion of this episode ring of honor in the year 2021 it was a very long time
1: ago wasn't it 2021 (laughs) dude i i remember at the end of 2022 i was talking about wrestling stuff and just to people and i was like. I didn't remember which matches happened at the beginning of the year. Like, did you know that the um the the Shibata Ren Narita match was that at the start of 2022? That was re- that was re- there. That was Wrestle Kingdom. That was in 2022. Yeah. <laughs> but it just feels like it happened 2 years ago. Cuz it, it, it uh, such a fucking long year for no reason. Like when I did, like when we me and Joseph were putting
0: together the 2022 video for him, I I came to the, we both came to the realization there
1: was a, there was a metric fuck ton that happened in 2022. It just yeah, it just never ended. Like it just the I was just thinking of stuff. It's like every year was just condensed into this year. Like I couldn't remember if thing if things were happening this year, last the year before, the year before. It just I couldn't uh, distinguish time whatsoever with 2022. <laughs>
0: But yeah, we are on to 2021, and it is Ring of Honor. Now, as I said, this is... Forrest wanted to come on as a response, if you will, to Chris O'Brien's guest spot here on the podcast, when we were talking about Jonathan Gresham's Ring of Honor pure title reign. And I can't think of anything better than to talk about Ring of Honor in this year, because me and... I feel like for the... on this podcast, me and Dad were kind of like the two people that were kind of watching Ring of Honor in the UK. <laughs> <laughs>
1: At this present
0: moment,
1: <laughs> right. um, yeah. Just with the response thing, it's just like my immediate um, reflex whenever someone talks about uh, Ring of Honor, especially in 2021. But just like COVID era Ring of Honor, is just an immediate like I I get defensive because it is like it's the last wrestling I ever feel like I would like to consume wholly. Because like I watched it, and it just it resonated with me so much. Even though I know I spoke to Chris throughout the entire year, when I see anybody talking about it, most of the time, it's just like, yeah, you know, Ring of Honor, they really fell from what they used to be. So my fight or flight kicks in whenever I see someone talking about it. Chris, Chris is fine to talk about it, but when someone talks about 2021 Ring of Honor, especially Jonathan Gresham, and especially Pure Rules, I'm just like, they don't know as much as, as, as I do. I swear to God. But then I see Chris... Fine, but my fight or flight kicked in and it's just like I I this cannot stand. <laughs> Which is why I am so glad
0: that you were your senses you like,
2: just fired off.
0: That you literally went to dad and was like, Can I you was like, I need to be on. I need to be on to talk about Ring <laughs> of Honor. Was like, and I was like, Yes, we we
1: need you <laughs> Well, it was it was also just like um I I saw Chris on and I was like Oh, cause I, cause I would, I would see like the, the, the name of the podcast getting around and I know, uh, Sam just like tangentially through, through people who he's helping with editing and I follow him on Twitter all that. Yeah. So it's like, I know of the podcast, I know of Sam and all that. And then I heard Chris and it's like, oh, okay. I would like, if, if, if they're taking, uh, just like you know, uh, requests to be on the podcast. I like doing podcasts. I like talking about wrestling, I, but it turns out, especially with 2021 ring of honor, it's mostly me telling people to watch it because nobody mm. watched. And while I was, I, while I loved that in 2021, it was probably a big thing that, uh, I was, that I, that I liked about it is that I didn't have to deal with takes or discourse. Because I was the only person who was watching (laughs) it. So I just like, I could just watch it and consume it. And anything that I was watching, I didn't have to argue about it. It just was. And I could take it as it was. It was very nice. But then afterwards, it's like, no, guys, I promise. You don't have to argue about what the best TV wrestling is. It happened. It's over now. You can go watch it. Yeah. (laughs) See, I
0: feel I feel at the very least Ian Rickabonny and Carrie Silkin, they were very, very grateful for you watching
1: Ring of Honor at this time.
0: <laughs>
1: yes. uh, and I, was, I paid for Honor Club, so I was like, I was I was Wow, Conor. you
3: are you are hardcore on it, weren't you? Well yeah. here's awesome
1: here's also the thing is they paid me money to make videos and I bankrupted them. I didn't give them a friends and family discount. <laughs> I was just I I sucked them dry. If I I didn't take payment for those videos, they might still be going. (laughs) (laughs) So, you you heard it here first,
0: ladies and gentlemen, the reason why Tony Khan now has ownership of Ring of Honor is because of (laughs) Forrest (laughs) Sober.
2: Sinclair couldn't afford me!
0: (laughs) Those fuckers dry. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So yeah, Ring of Honor twenty twenty one is a like with all companies, I guess, at this time is in such a really weird position. Of course, the the Panasonic was in full swing at this point and we and they were yeah. now hosting and running shows uh behind closed doors with zero audience or if you were like what we were saying in a very orwellian sense with the wwe they were they 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 were they just had led boards to replace the audience
3: terrifying (laughs) terrifying
1: terrifying
3: terrifying terrifying.
1: it it was such an interesting time for wrestling and it's something that like like um left like an indelible mark on me as a wrestling fan because when uh, when like all the sh- when all the wrestling companies shut down and everyone was kind of approaching different ways to make their wrestling company work because the only way that you can make money is to run shows yeah um and and so everybody was trying to think of a way to make it work uh it also it it it, it led to me like asking myself what is it that i watch wrestling for and mm. and i realized that like I, I am very much on an island with this with this perspective. In that I find that whenever I talk about wrestling with someone, a lot of emphasis will be placed on the audience reaction, the atmosphere yeah. like that. And and I think that that stuff is is a is a positive. I think that wrestling is better with an active audience, of course, but I mm-hmm. found that a lot of people's perspective was intrinsically tied to the audience in attendance. And I, I, I've I've had this this take since 2020 that there is no wrestling promotion that exists today that has more people watching in attendance than they do at home like yeah. it does though yeah. though that doesn't exist because even if a wrestling company is complete indie regional show if they put stuff on YouTube, the odds of them getting, 100 views is more likely than them getting 200 people in attendance yeah at least at least that's how i view it so my perspective cannot like it should not be swayed by the people in attendance and i think that wrestling as it goes should be less adapting towards the audience in attendance and and the the live show aspect and more as a general and more just like presenting as a general art form that people that has like a live viewing audience. That's how that's how I kind of came to terms with wrestling as COVID happened. And it led to just a lot of arguments <laughs> over over wrestling during COVID because a lot of people would just dismiss issues with for a company like New Japan. By saying that, like, yeah, I didn't really care for the match, but the the big issue with it was that there was that there was no audience, or that the audience could only clap. If the audience could clap, if the audience could cheer, then this would be a lot more engaging.
3: Mm. I feel, yeah, I-, I yeah, I feel that's a yeah, that's an interesting one. That's an interesting thing to say to to Japanese audiences, infamously quiet, apart from light, polite clapping.
1: So, so uh, this is this is a, as a quick aside. For the uh, for the Japanese audience thing very easy to make fun of obviously universally obviously wrong that they like this is not like that's a that's you know you're you're making fun of the people it's a trope that like people will say like oh the Japanese audience is so quiet it is strange they are more quiet in general and hmm. that that perspective it does hold true in MMA you watch an MMA show in Japan they can get loud for the most part you could hear a pin drop and it's yeah. awesome
3: really.
0: It's, I, yeah. I i i i i bring case in point especially for wrestling last year it was Shigs versus L linderman at glate that that like the audience wasn't allowed to do cheering only clapping so what did they both do they decided to fucking wail on each other <laughs> and it made for amazing
1: wrestling <laughs> Yeah, like In, in MMA, the, the audience is more receptive to like little intricacies in, in like grappling and stuff like that. So there will be a lot more oohs and odds and cheers when stuff happens is very big. And there is an atmosphere there. But there is so much like ambiance that is added with the like you hear every step on the canvas. You hear every like the, the grappling on the ground. Like you hear every creak of the ring. It's just like it is very much a thing that crowds in MMA are very quiet. And I think that the Mm -hmm. resting for Japanese wrestling audiences is more quiet than American audiences. There are fewer, like, just resting chants. There are name chants. But there are fewer resting chants. There are fewer just, like, big cheers over small things. Hmm. But I think that, in general, there is, like, it's people will just describe it as, like, oh, crowds are quiet. No, it's just a different atmosphere. But I think that people oversimplify it when they're talking about crowds and they'll just point to sumo hall crowds which are notoriously loud for japan exactly exactly i feel again another case in point for kind of like that atmosphere
0: i always point to people well if 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 you're having a go at the audience not being there then can explain to me why volta versus Ilya dragunov was
1: considered one of the best matches of 2020 and they had no audience there (laughs) exactly so it's my big thing from it, from that entire era, is that a lot of people would point to matches that worked and would point out the things that made it work were intrinsic to the no audience. Goshiyazaki versus Kazuya Fujita is obviously the big example that played yep. into it. <laughs> yeah, um, Stardom's <laughs> show, uh, No People Gate, like they they kind of they would play to it sometimes but most of the time it was just kind of the wrestling show but stardom the wrestlers are just vocal like they are loud mm. they yell the seconds yell so there is an ambient sound but i found that and i made a video about this that i don't think is on my channel anymore because who cares um <laughs> is that i is that i made a uh, a video about just like matches from 2020 that were really good that did that were like explicitly not in new japan wwe or aew Hmm. and there was and like half of it was ring of honor but the other half was like you know i took uh like just uh some ddt match and i took uh i think two noah matches one of them was on the same card as go and uh fujita which was um i don't remember what it was but it was like masato tanaka versus uh I damn it, I don't remember his name. The the man with the dog. Uh, oh, I don't I can't remember I can't remember either. Ugh. Anyway, anyways, man with man with dog and Masato Tanaka, they had a great match. Uh, and so it's like I think that matches, if they are good wrestling matches that are well wrestled and well executed, they will work without a crowd. They will absolutely yeah. work without a crowd. But if a, but most wrestling, they would be better with the crowd, but I don't think that that means that they are inherently worse without a crowd. And I think that that's a pretty important distinction. I view a crowd, a vocal crowd, an invested crowd as like icing on top. The base has to be good. and I think that a like the, the toppings can elevate a bad base. like uh yeah. rock a rock uh, Hogan is generally regarded, it's not regarded as a classic wrestling match like between the bells, but it is viewed as this moment and this like thing that you got invested in because the crowd and attendance were so invested. So a crowd can elevate bad, bad source material. But I think that if a source material is good, it would stand with crowd without crowd. Agreed. I would agree with that for sure. Yeah. And and that, so this that was all just kind of a preamble to like every company (laughs) handle COVID wrestling differently. New Japan shut down for a little bit, came back with no crowd, then clap crowd. AEW had their wrestlers in the audience. WWE had their wrestlers for a little bit and then went to the uh the ThunderDome and would kind of like emulate the uh like the how the NBA bubble worked. Ring of yeah. Honor shut down production for most of 2020. Um they were yes, they they shut down and then they came back to recording television with a uh, just like kind of revamped format. They were running a pure tournament to crown a new pure champion that that they had that they had announced before the break. So it wasn't like they were coming back or focused on pure wrestling. But the biggest thing was that they were doing it in essentially a bubble like the NBA did with the playoffs where they would bring their wrestlers where their roster was, is not very big. They would bring their roster put them in a hotel for a weekend or like three, four days, and then record like six weeks of TV. They recorded just a bunch of stuff, and then the wrestlers just went home. So they would come in, they would be tested, they would record the stuff, and then it would just get put out you know, on their, on their weekly TV show. And then they would do that every two months, and they, and then they would just go home. And it just it ended up making for an incredibly um, it was a pretty cohesive show, pretty well put together yeah. show uh, in 2020 when they were doing the pure tournament. It was a little hit and miss where they were including previ- the one previous storyline that they were continuing was Matt Taven and Vincent, which I didn't know yeah. about. And it just <laughs> seemed like there was this big uh, I remember this angle where they just like had this big brawl and like throwing each other through tables in between their the pure matches. And yeah. I was like, oh, no, because as a person who didn't watch Ring of Honor, I was watching for the pure stuff, and there's always, like, this little hope in the back of my head where it's like, maybe they just do pure stuff. And, and-
2: <laughs> Guys, I want my pure rules
1: tables match, please.
3: Oh, good lord.
1: <laughs> Here's the thing, is that my view of pure wrestling was always – and this was, was established, like, on that fir- on the first show that they did when they came back. Which it was like Gresham versus Wheeler Yuta and Jay Lethal versus Dalton Castle. Yeah. And a lot of people liked that Gresham Yuta match. I liked it. I way preferred the Lethal Castle match because what I viewed pure wrestling as was not inherently like a big, you know, it's not, a, it's, it doesn't have to be a big grappling match. It can be just a wrestling match, it could just be a good, well put together TV wrestling match. It just has more rules that are not there to be like cheated and broken, but you could play within those rules in creative ways. It's just Mm. by nature, wrestling matches have rules. They're just kind of understood. Pure rules, they just put them in writing. You have three rope breaks. You go outside the ring. Here's how much time you have. You only have one closed fist punch, after which you get a warning. If you do it a second time, you get disqualified. If anybody interferes, it's bad. The hope that I had was like that, because Ring of Honor was being praised in 2020 for their pure tournament that they would kind of realize that through the through like especially Jay Lethal because he had more pure matches afterwards that they would realize hey we can do this without having it be you know this grounded Matt classic all the time mm. and so the, the 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 little nugget of hope is like maybe just Ring of Honor just like gets that and they just quietly have their show just be a pure wrestling show because it would absolutely stand out from every other thing that is oh, being yeah. And obviously that was never going to happen but what ended up happening was um they after they ran their pure tournament I wasn't watching the 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 TV uh final battle was announced and it was Jonathan Gresham versus Flip Gordon which is an obvious thing that you do if you're a regular wrestling company which is sure. like you book grounded champ, grounded Matt Wrestling Champion versus high flying Heat. Okay, and I just realized, like, okay, Ring of Honor is always going to view the pure title as a, as like just it's a, it's a, it's a niche stipulation for where guys will ha- be under the rules and they'll throw on more headlocks. Okay, that's unfortunate. It could be more. Whatever. I wasn't a Ring of Honor fan. I just liked a lot of matches. And then a friend of mine told me that Jonathan Gresham versus Flip Gordon was good, and then I watched it. And I was floored by how good it was. Like, I was shocked. Mm. It was incredibly good. It was so good that I was like, I'm going to watch more of this Final Battle pay-per-view. And I watched Roosh versus Brody King. It was okay. But then (laughs) then I was looking stuff up about Ring of Honor. And I saw that on their weekly TV, they had had, like, five other pure matches just on TV. Yep. And no one no one mentioned it because no one watched Ring of Honor. And I didn't hear and didn't see anybody talking about it. I didn't see anybody talking about Jonathan Gresham, and Flip Gordon. But I didn't see I heard someone like talk about it like Flip Gordon has like a swear word on his vest.
2: Well, I was gonna say, far be it from me to say, but you definitely didn't hear it from me because I generally don't talk about Flip Gordon. <laughs> well, I will um... leave the sentence at that. That's
1: that that's for true. <laughs> Wait, here's the thing this is a spoiler for when we eventually talk about 2021 ring of honor is the worst thing that 2021 ring of honor did was show me that flip gordon's so good he's really 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 good and i don't like that i hold this opinion now because i, yeah. saw, I saw him he's he's a really good wrestler he's just another one of these guys that are like unlikable you don't no that's one
2: the, that's the thing on there and i'm like i don't like it's not that I don't like Flip Gordon because he's not a good wrestler. I just, he just I don't like him as a person. Yeah,
1: but it's just like there's so many of these wrestlers who are like the opposite. They have that opposite of the it factor where it's like you just don't like him on principle. TJP is like this. Matt Taven is like this. Flip Gordon is like this. They are all the exact same person in my head where they're just unlikable, cringy dudes. But, man, they're good at what they're doing. And, it, and I hate it. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of having this knowledge. But... <laughs> you know who the, I was going to say, you know who the king of that is? Austin Aries. <laughs> but I digress. Austin Aries, yeah. Austin Aries, he was liked at a certain point. No one ever liked... Like, people liked Flip Gordon because he was around the elite. But oh, no, that's real- it. That, that was literally <laughs> it. Yeah, exactly. Like, but, like, even before Marty Skrull was around yeah. the elite. People liked Martin Pearl. People didn't like Flip Gordon before the Elite. They didn't like him after, and they barely liked him when he was with them. It was just he was just a guy. But anyways, like I opened so with, with with Flip Gordon, and I was like, okay, I didn't hear about it, but then I saw there were like six Pure Rules matches, and I was like, okay, if no if no one is letting me know like on the line when these matches are happening, I guess all right, guys, I'll volunteer. I'll fall on the sword and watch Ring of Honor's weekly show, <laughs> uh, and then it was the only good wrestling. It was the only wrestling that I've ever fucking liked, and then it, then it went away at the, end of the year, and I canceled all my plans and laid in bed sad. <laughs>
0: it it's basically that clip from uh from Review, bro, isn't it? My my disappointment is immeasurable, and my day is ruined. My day is ruined. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: like at the end of 2020, I was like. Dude, no one is watching Ring of Honor to know when these pure matches are happening. So I can't know by osmosis, like hearing about them. Yeah. Mm. So I guess I've got to go watch them. And then I watched it and was just astonished by how good it was the whole time.
0: <laughs> You're darn right. You're darn right. But although I will say that we do start off, if we're going to go through the months, we do start off on a damp squib. <laughs> <laughs> if I do say so myself So, let's begin our little journey through Ring of Honor in 2021 Starting at January, the 1st of January 2021 Emanating from Sam's Town Hotel and
1: Gambling Hall in Las Vegas, Nevada <laughs> oh, here's thing. Ring of Honor TV doesn't start until like three weeks into the year It's always recap stuff Yes
0: This one, yeah. this, this, alright The card here is, um yeah, uh, it's Flip Gordon versus Bandido to open up.
1: Okay, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, it's, yeah, it's yeah. just I think this was stuff recorded like just before the yeah, end, yeah. Uh, uh, the quarantine. I know that I know when they come back because I remember I looked I went on the Ring of Honor website. I was like, oh, new Ring of Honor. When does it air? Blah blah blah. And I saw it's like, Oh, it was recorded beforehand. I'm not watching this shit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and then we have Mark Haskins versus Jay Lethal in the main event. Ah, ah. Yeah. <laughs> I see. So, can you see what I mean when it says it, it, it like twenty twenty one starts off on a damn squid? <laughs> yeah,
1: it's just, it's just a weird thing that like I didn't realize it. Like, I had a friend who had previously watched ROH TV, and he was like, "Yeah, they don't like after final battle, they just don't do shit on TV for like three weeks." Yeah, and, and like- then yeah. yeah. So when the first episode of TV happens, it does feel like a big deal because they haven't done anything for a month. And then I then like when the first episode of TV happened, I was like, no, this is a big deal.
0: <laughs> but we do get a couple of pure rules matches uh through this, as well as a world television title match in this month. So we had the first one uh of this year, I think it was a pre-record, was Flip Gordon versus Rectitus.
1: That So that is uh, – the first episode of TV is the January 15th episode. Yes. Uh, yeah, it was Rhett Titus, Flip Gordon, Pure Rules, which is dealing with the direct fallout from Final Battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, Dragon Lee versus Ray Oris with Dragon Lee defending the TV title. Not a bad uh, match from what I remember from that television title. <laughs> Dragon Lee and Ray Oris is like – it is an awesome it is it's an awesome like just big luchador match for TV. Like yes. it's pretty short. I remember it being like 10, 12 minutes. It's it's just it's fast paced. Dragon Lee is really good. And like you just on the surface level of you know him from New Japan, like that's where I knew him. I didn't watch CMLL or anything mm-hmm. like that. So I knew him from his matches in the New Japan Junior Division. So I watched him here and he fought Ray Oris and it's like, oh, it's just a it's just a fast-paced luchador match. They're 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 doing slaps, they're doing uh hurricane ranas. It's cool. It's a really strong match. Titus Flip Gordon has more story going into it. Yeah. Like it's directly dealing with Flip Gordon didn't shake Jonathan Gresham's hand at the end of the match in uh in at Final Battle. Which can I say really quick, Ring of Honor accidentally when they started their promotion stumbled on the most smart booking tool that's ever existed yeah which is which is the handshake and the code of honor because every, every like all you need to do to be established as a heel is have that handshake happen for a month and then someone doesn't shake hands and it's like ooh because you've established that this is a thing and then yeah. every 2 years When people forget that this is a thing because it's just something that happens, you have someone who runs a faction, be it heel, be it face, who is dedicated to bringing honor back to Ring of Honor. They've had had, had 600 of these, and it's always good because this has been a through line through the entire history of Ring of Honor. The
2: cycle repeats.
1: (laughs) It's like it's easy to make fun of, but it is a good tool it is a great trope to have because it's just always something that you can come back to because it is something that you just forget about and this is what i think is so good about pure rules where there are rules in pro wrestling you don't really think about them but they do they are there you just know that this is how wrestling matches work pure rules takes that and be like and puts it in your face and reminds you about the rules so now you're like oh yeah a rope break oh these matter all of a sudden yeah and build matches around those because you have now instead of just vague borders you now have limitations and you can work around those limitations in creative ways and this is the reason why i think that i'm so happy that i got these
0: two to kind of really love pure rules after i showed you to the the nigel versus brian pure rules match all that time ago
3: good stuff if there's
0: one thing i if there's one thing i take away from this podcast as my lasting legacy is that i made i i gone I gained two new fans of the pure rule
1: stipulation <laughs> something that i did uh so like because i i went back and i tried to watch some of the pure rule stuff and it is it's just very different uh and yes. i think it i think it's just because just ring of honor was different then um but it's very different and like the way that it was done here and it was changed because they had a pure rules match. I think this was very much a Jonathan Gresham wish wish, wish. wish because yeah. Because Jonathan Gresham like in 2019 was feuding with Silas Young and they had a pure rules match because Silas Young you know, last real man and all that, just doing, just smoking and doing whatever. And Jonathan Gresham is uh, is a technical wrestler, so they have a pure rules match. And then they settle it by having a last man standing match or whatever. Uh, when they did their pure rules match, it didn't have this overlay that Ring of Honor did when they brought back the pure tournament of like, you show the timer for the match, yeah. you show the amount of rope breaks, you show the wrestlers. Yeah. And it just, it, the format for it was just completely different And I think that a lot of that has to do with the fact that they are, they are in this controlled environment so they can just experiment with their format. And they don't have, they have this element where they're only appealing to the people watching at home. There's no one in in attendance. (laughs) They can put up this overlay that people in attendance might not see. And so building your information around that is, is you can't do it as well live, Mm. but when it, record it and when there's no audience to appease you can have this up and it it just it keeps everyone in tune and as someone who is uh, moderately obsessed with time in wrestling matches if anyone's <laughs> seen my videos about New Japan I did a lot of harping on and a- I learned how to average uh, times like add times together and average them <laughs> while watching Ring of Honor but I did a lot of that for talking about New Japan hmm. and it pointing out just like trends in time and the length of matches and how much people are wrestling very interesting to me ring of honor just added that as just an element where it's like all right this match is 15 minutes and as it gets close to this 15 minute time limit now every move is 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 like you pay more attention to it because oh it it should be finished in this last minute otherwise it goes to a decision where anything can happen Just Sorry,
2: the booker said we need thirty minutes.
1: <laughs> God, that is just- um. <laughs>
3: uh,
1: Rhett Titus versus Flip Gordon under pure rules. I don't really, I don't know dick, shit about Dick with Rhett Titus, and I barely know Flip Gordon. And I saw this match, and it was really so good that I just started making a series about the pure pure rule stuff uh it was pure excellence it is still on my channel it's unlisted right now but it it's still on uh, on my youtube channel I have a playlist that you can go find it in but I watched this Red Tidus of Flip Gordon match and I was like someone has to talk about this because yes. I'm going I'm because I'm going insane because I can't <laughs> talk about this stuff to one person and it's the guy who told me that jonathan gresham versus flip gordon was a good match so he knows (laughs) uh, but you
0: you should have talked to us earlier forrest because i feel like me and dan were the only two that were talking
1: about (laughs) people i I pushed it on chris o'brien and told him like you gotta watch this and then you gotta watch these other like six things and (laughs) i just was trying to get people who were talking about it because it was like I was alone in the world here with like one other person to talk about it with. So it's like, I just got to make stuff about it because I love this and talking about it makes me happy. And I I don't usually get happy watching wrestling. It's just kind of something that I consume, but so early in watching ring of honor, I was just in a good mood and looking forward to it.
0: See, this is, this is why they brought brought back pure rules for people like me, me, you and dad.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) That's it. and that's it yeah literally that is it um a couple of other matches are well i remember josh woods versus dalton castle at this time as well i think great. it was the next episode but that was great
1: yeah. yeah awesome awesome match on the january 22nd show um it- it's josh woods was a guy that i got introduced to with the pure rules and it's just like he just looks like every mma bro that i've ever seen <laughs> he basically oh, yeah, he,
2: straight- he straight up looks like he wears tap out on the regular
1: Oh no, he does. Oh, he absolutely does. It
0: basically yeah. looks like every MMA fighter and Tom Lawler smashed together. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: but yeah, it's just like and and Dalton Castle I got introduced to with the uh, with the Pure Tournament against Jay Lethal, and it turns out Dalton Castle isn't just a silly character. Dude wrestles really well. He's yes. a like, he's an accomplished I a wrestler. Firm,
2: I am a firm believer in the Dalton Castle agenda.
1: Yes. He, dude- I was, um, and this is something that I'll talk about later with Dalton Castle, but Dalton Castle does a gimmick in 2021 that is just essentially Jericho's gimmick now, which is or or like Jericho's gimmick before of like caring about TV and like the demo God and things like that, where Dalton, which is talking about, it's a, it's a television show. And like, he just did like the just deranged person obsessed with TV and presentation. Yes. He did it so well and was wrestling and was better than Jericho.
2: Well, I I buy it with Dalton Castle though, because I can expect I can at least expect that Dalton Castle will a make a joke out of himself and also b be like extremely camp about it.
1: Oh, he was awesome, and it just it just worked with like because they kept talking about with Dalton Castle It's like he is someone who is very you know flamboyant with the peacock stuff and feeds off the energy of the crowd. So with that gone. It only makes sense that Dalton Castle would get obsessed with the concept of a TV show. He kept saying that he wants, Ring of Honor, he wants it to get an Emmy. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and and it, just, it was just such a good bit. And he would just, like, go in with other, like, with young wrestlers and stuff. And just, like, try to get them to be more presentable on television, which just meant posing. And it's <laughs> it just, its its the perfect bit it's so funny and so good he was he
0: was such a breath of fresh air for the pure division and his pure matches i always yeah. I mean, thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed in this time uh the first pure title rank, uh match i should say really? that we get in this month uh,
1: yes uh really quick is that on that same episode as uh Josh Woods Dalton castle under pure rules which is a very good match hmm. uh it also has uh one of many Ma- uh, big six-man faction tag team matches. Oh, of yes. Matches. Um, it was Shane Taylor Promotions, yep. which is Taylor, Khan, and Moses against the Foundation, which is Jonathan Gresh- Gresham, Jay Lethal, and Tracy Williams. And so they have this big six-man tag match. Amazing promos beforehand, because um, Ring of Honor's TV format is like pre-taped promos that are, like pre-taped edited promos before matches. And like just kind of explaining and and contextualizing motivations for both people going into the match and what what the match means to them, um, where it's just very ideological. The, the Shane Taylor is just talking about how the foundation they want to change Ring of Honor. Cool, but we're not. You know, you're not. You're you don't want to change it to to for expression. You just want to change it so it just is like you. And so it's like, you know, you're gentrifying Ring of Honor. You're not like purifying it and all that. And it it, it works so well because Shane Taylor is very quietly one of the best promos in wrestling. Mm. And no one knows it because no one watches Shane Taylor. And if he's on Indies, he's not cutting promos really. Um, so he's just this awesome promo. The the foundation is really praising Shane Taylor Promotions because they didn't take the six-man tag titles by forfeit at final battle. So it's like, oh, it's two face groups. But then they have a, such a fucking good six-man tag match that it just, like, it works amazingly just as a story stuff with the uh, with Shane Taylor Promotions. Just being a lot more physical and the foundation are, are trying to wrestle, quote-unquote, clean. But then it just turns into, you know, big, fast-paced six-man tag that is more customary for modern wrestling. And it's yeah. Such a fantastic.
0: Yeah. No, no. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I Thank you for reminding me because I,
1: I nearly forgot to talk about that. Games, <laughs> promotions, and honestly, all of the big multi-man tags, like all the big... uh six and eight man tag matches this year. Like I talk about the 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 pure the pure championship stuff way more like on my channel and for Ring of Honor. But the stuff that I can praise probably more because it was so consistently good were both the six man tag title and the big like faction warfare tags. Like the big six and eight man tag matches between the multiple warring factions. They were yeah. all incredible.
0: Yeah. No, I I absolutely agree with you on that one. But uh, no, where was I? Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, pure title match. Uh, pure title oh. match did happen in January, and it was mm. on the 29th. It was Jonathan Gresham defending his title against Joe Keys. Yes.
3: Um
0: I quite liked this match only because I think it was like I I did not know of Joe Keys before this match, and yeah. I and I feel like this was a great platform for him to kind of. Just,
1: just show off exactly who he is. Yeah, he's a he's a weird one where he had been an indie wrestler for a while, but was taken in a Ring of Honor and was treated as like a dojo student, mm. and so like just kind of presented as like a trainee. But he had been a an indie wrestler for a while. Yeah. Um. And and this match, I was fine on it when I first watched it, but what I like about Uh, pure wrestling matches is the more you watch it it has a like it's they're very detail oriented Mm. and this is it isn't consistent just for jonathan gresham which it can be easy to attribute to him because he has the most pure wrestling matches but it is just a very detail oriented way that ring of honor puts to them like with keys and gresham it is a good match not a great match it's a great TV match in that it's paced really well. The story that it like the the, the, the stereotype of like, oh, they, they they tell the story in the ring is, is done incredibly well. Like um Jonathan Gresham gets Joe Key's in a headlock pretty quickly and Joe Key's does all the wrestling things to yeah. headlock. Like he, he goes for like a head scissors, but Jonathan Gresham just holds on. He goes for like, you know, just tries to roll over. Jonathan Gresham holds on. And so jo- Joe Key's eventually like it's after like a minute of being in the headlock and trying every basic reversal that you're trying to get out of, he just he ends up using a rope break. And because there are only three, that matters, and it is actively a concession, and it just shows, oh, Jonathan Gresham way better than Joe Keyes. And then, yeah, Joe Keyes, he's a fiery baby face. He fights back. He forces Gresham to use two, uh, two rope breaks very quickly, where it's like he has Jonathan Gresham in, like, a, a Boston Crab. Jonathan Gresham uses a rope break. He's there laying... Joki's immediately goes to either the top or middle rope. I don't remember. Does like a diving headbutt, pins him. Gresham uses the ropes to get out, so he uses two rope breaks like instantly, yeah. like like back. And then the match it ends in a way that is very, um, it's very Jonathan Gresham in this time period, which it just happens very suddenly.
2: Mm, in yeah. that
1: it just kind of like it's like a it's like a hip toss. He rolls through, and it's like this weird modified chicken wing. And I find that sudden endings in wrestling matches are admirable, but they always leave me like, oh, that's it. Because wrestling has kind of conditioned me to, like, build it to the big climactic finish.
3: where mm.
1: yeah. quick, quick endings with, with a variety of moves. Mm. But it always leaves me like, okay, like, that's how they end it. Where when I watch it back, it's like, okay, I can appreciate this much more because I see what builds up to it. I see Because like, I don't think, oh, Jonathan Gresham is working the arm. This is going to end with a very sudden arm submission, even though it is logistically sound. I'm not thinking about that as I'm watching it. But then yeah. when I watch it again, it holds up and gets better as I watch it exactly it's exactly
0: how i felt about this match actually watching i actually ended up watching it back funnily enough during my research of this and i i came to like i came to the very same thing really good match and then because of the sudden thing i was very much like you It's like oh was that it but then realizing oh wait going back you can actually see that it is building up to that one moment i really did i really did enjoy this one going back to watch this one
1: um it's one of those things that are like, you watch an MMA fight. It's like, he gets him in an arm bar very suddenly. It's like, you never think about it. Like, oh, it's over already. You think like, oh, that's cool. But in wrestling, you're conditioned to like, yeah. have, you're, you're able to yeah. up, control all the elements.
2: Like we 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 get so used to the same story beats over and over and over.
1: <laughs> and that, Jonathan B. Gresham is, was very good at like, he actively undermined those. He was awesome at doing that at, at the big climactic ending. But when he wrestled TV matches, especially he was, he just was very good at like, this match ends very suddenly. And when you go back and watch, it totally makes sense throughout the entire thing that this is how it would end. But this it just happened to be, yeah, this is, this is how this match ends. He worked the arm the whole time. He set it up. Jo- and it's also Joe keys had been, it's like, if he makes a mistake, he can lose. And then he made a mistake and lost. It it, it completely made sense. It just required watching it again, to really grasp it and it, it's fine to watch it again because again it's like 10 minutes long and there's a commercial in there that cuts out four of those <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: true that is true all righty let us move on to february mm-hmm. and uh we get a couple of really good matches here but as we start off as we start off we get a pure rules match which i I remember i just it it unlocked a memory in my brain of this is a match that actually happened it's tracy williams versus
1: cheeseburger oh yeah so they explicitly did make a point like he cheeseburger was changing his name before this match to world famous cb and i was like okay yeah it's still cheeseburger yeah and (laughs) written I like I wrote I, I love Tracy Williams in the pure tournament. Like I liked him more than I liked Gresham. I like a lot. Mm. Uh, and so I, cause I just loved the way Tracy Williams like all of his matches were just it was very um they were very like they were very like back and forth and he he was very good at like utilizing using all of his rope breaks and then using the ropes as a tool. Like when he wrestled Fred Yehai in the pure tournament. Yeah. The way the match ended was like Yehai grabbed the ropes to get out of a submission, and then as he was grabbing the ropes and climbing up, uh, Tracy Williams like climbed on him and put him in like a dragon sleeper through the ropes, and because there were no rope breaks, Yehai couldn't escape it, and so he tapped. And I was yeah. like, "Oh, my God, that is such a good ending." And then he has. One of the better wrestling matches I've seen in the last few years against Jay Lethal in the semifinals of the tournament. So I was a big yeah. Tracy Williams guy coming into this match. This match is fine. I think I would like it more going back because I didn't – 99% of wrestling is investment. Yeah, And I don't give a fuck about Cheeseburger. <laughs> no. Nope no one does especially like if he's meant to be like wrestling seriously because he's not an athletic man his stuff looks slow and he, and like he he's not going to be engaging in big fast exchanges or hard strike exchanges it's not going to happen but where uh where he's very good is he is good at an awkward grappling where he he's very long he's very wiry and he will get you into just strange positions and as he wrestles in in under pure rules throughout the year he does that very well and he utilizes his weird frame and he knows his limitations uh better than most wrestlers do i think and this match is very good because yeah he is very much going for weird submissions and targeting tracy williams and his bad shoulder putting him in awkward submissions and tracy williams is using rope breaks and just kind of holding on but I I didn't I didn't I was like fine with the match as it happened, but I think I would like it more when I go back because I am more open to liking world famous CB than I was at the time when I was like <laughs> oh it's cheeseburger and he has a hat cool. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's it's one of those ones when i looked back i realized oh wait no he did actually have a few decent pure matches in 2021
2: oh yeah he does
0: he he, he genuinely does and it surprised the heck out of me going back
1: he had two really good ones like two like really really good ones um i think he had the the last one and it was great (laughs)
0: yeah that last one, actually, yeah, we do talk about that. that last one. was really, really good. Also on the same card, I must bring up the eight man tag match of Brody King, PCO, oh, and the yeah. Briscoes versus yeah. La on and Governable.
2: Now, isn't and that Flip just
0: Gordon.
1: a based team? And Flip Gordon, yeah. I love this match because it is. I I is this the match where it ju- it goes for like four minutes and then it just breaks down into chaos or was that yes, a later match? yes that because yeah. it ends
0: in a no
2: contact yeah this match this match goes like said so like four minutes and then just fucking everything just goes to shit because pco's yeah, and it, there of course it does. <laughs> i mean that that is also true
1: <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a big story match brody king had been fighting with uh lfi for a little bit and i loved the uh Rouge dragon lee uh, the 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 lfi team with flip gordon because when flip gordon was getting attacked they just they just like hopped off the apron yep. it was like we don't care like fine you could lose and Then they don't want to lose the match so they would break up the pitfall and then it just broke down into chaos which i this match is whatever it's a story match because they they just fuck up the ringside area <laughs> and it leads it leads into next week where like because like at the end of the show they it cuts to the foundation guys watching the tv and just shaking their heads yeah like (laughs) and and it's like oh my god because at the end of final battle with uh with roosh dragon lee uh kenny king and uh bestia is they're like just celebrating having uh just cheated to beat brody king and then the foundation are on the stage just like looking at them shaking their heads which alludes to the foundation versus lefaxio and gobernable and so it's like it's just building up that the 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 eventual meeting between them and it's like oh my god why it's perfect they're just so disruptive they're such cops and it's so funny they're, they're such they're such rule set nazis they're so they're the biggest they're so funny i I love the foundation because they're just such narcs uh, talking talking (laughs) again they they
2: are they are there and they love that they love and live for the rules
1: (laughs) yeah and that's
2: it
0: they are they are the hall monitors of ring of
1: (laughs) yeah and and, and there there is a specific moment that happens in in march that i want to talk about because it's so funny and it does pay off but like them just shaking their heads at this match. Cause it does make sense that like, this is a very uh, sanitary environment where like everything is kind of like buttoned up and put together. And this is, I think this is the first real like LFI showing like besides Dragon Lee at the beginning of the year, like. Rouge hadn't wrestled on ROH TV this year thus far, like Bestia del Ring hadn't. So this was the first like time LFI showed up, and then the first time they show up is just everything gets fucked up. So it cuts to the foundation guy's like, "No, not like this. This is not. (laughs) This is not." How could they do
0: this to me? (laughs) Talking of LFI and the foundation, though, let's talk about that tag, that pure rules tag team title match. Hold over, quick.
1: I have uh, two matches I want to talk about yes. from February. I'll talk about them quick. In response, I think this is the next week's show after the uh, February 5th. There is a uh, – it's meant to be – it was presented as, like, uh, a pure exhibition. It was a six-man tag match with Jay Lethal, Rhett Titus, and Wheeler Yuta oh, versus John yeah. Harrison, Tracy Williams and Fred Yehai. wasn't under pure rules, which is cowardice in my opinion, yeah, yeah. but they all – We all wrestled. It was meant to be, you know, we're shaking hands and we're kissing babies and all that. Uh, We're we're, we're thanking the boys in blue before and after the match. Uh, (laughs) This match is really strong. I think it's a really good showcase of Rhett Titus especially because there is an underlying theme of him being like the tag team specialist in the group, Mm. which plays to his history as a tag team wrestler in Ring of Honor. Which again, genius. They know their roster very well. Um, and just, and there was like a little through line with Jonathan, uh, with uh, Tracy Williams and Jay Lethal. They were referencing their match and how they wanted to start it. Uh, Wheeler Yuta and Fred Yehi were kind of like the 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 pure wrestlers who were like continuing on from the pure tournament. They were in a pure tag, the, the first pure tag match uh, at. The fi- at final battle mm-hmm. when they faced uh, Williams and Rhett Titus. So they're like guys who are not in the foundation, but kind of like as ancillary pieces to it. This, this tag match, really strong. There was also on the um, February 19th, which is a really good show, Dragon Lee and Kenny King become the number one contenders for the tag titles by beating the Briscoes, who are having... A uh, a storyline where they are not you know they're not on the same page so they're 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 out of sync and the bastard team Dragon Lee Kenny King are able to win but there is a really uh, big match that is like a makeup from Final Battle which is Mexa Squad Bandito Flamita and Ray Oris versus Shane Taylor Promotions for the six man tag titles and ah, yes it was awesome awesome match fun fast paced. Shane Taylor looks really, really strong and it works because he gets he gets the pin at the end. They win the six-man tag titles and it plays into the fact that Shane Taylor is on this huge roll of momentum going into the February 26th show where he faces Roosh for the world title and uh, Jonathan Gresham, Jay Lethal, who are the tag champs, are defending against Dragon Lee and Kenny King in a Pure Rules tag match. Mm. I just want to talk about those uh like the Pure <laughs> Tag match and the Squad Shane Taylor matches before we talked about the Pure Rules tag title because those two matches are really, really good.
0: Really, really
2: good indeed.
0: But yes, um on paper about this world tag team title match, you would think a tag title match under Pure Rules How can you put that all together?
2: <laughs> I think it like safe. works. It works in a way. I don't it think works... it's the way they intended, but like exactly. it works in a way.
1: I think I actually think that it works really well. <clears throat> Especially with the with this pairing of teams. I think that it it, it wouldn't be something that would be good universally. Uh whereas I yeah. think I think for singles matches, I think that the that pure rule set, I think it can work in most wrestling matches. Tag mm-hmm. matches are a little bit um kind of the appeal of them is that the rules matter less and it's more about consistent momentum. It's less about details and it's more about a constant se- like refreshing of temperament so you can never settle. Yeah. Um I think that when it they because they, o- they only did a handful of these matches of, of the of the yeah. And two of them were Foundation versus lfi and i think that those work those both work i think that the three of them that they did that i can remember the three of them were excellent and i think that they utilize the rules really well and i think that they utilize the format really well um but i think that it's less universally apply applicable than it is for singles matches true
0: very very true um, that said, though, all of that said, uh, LFI take the win for this one and actually defeat Jay Lethal and John- Jonathan Gresham for the tag titles, which yeah. I and remember it's... surprised me. That surprised me when
1: that when that I... happened. So the only reason it didn't surprise me is that uh, Gresham and Lethal had been technically holding the titles forever because they won them yeah. before yeah. the, uh, the... And so they counted those days, which was lame. So they're technically like the longest reigning ROH tag champions, which weak, but whatever. It's like a technicality. And also, Gresham like has stuff to do, and Jay Lethal. Um, they they introduced divisions in uh, in Ring of Honor, and they're they worked really well. And Jay Lethal was just the guy who made sense to be in the world title division. Yeah, and you could have Jay Lethal go for a singles title to purify that. Uh, so it made sense to take the titles off of them. What I was interested in what they would do is the end of this match where um, it, it just kind of ends up in chaos. And Dragon Lee, he uh, knocks Gresham out with a punch behind the referee's back. But it's the second punch of the match. And it's just like, you know, he knocks him out. But it's if you use two punches in a, in a pure rules match, you're disqualified.
0: Mm, and so yeah. because
1: behind the referee's back, he doesn't know that. And so it is just a chaotic thing. I was interested to see what was going to happen afterwards. Turns out nothing, but uh, I was interested in that. I think that LFI winning was very good. It was also kind of like a weird, it was a weird match in that like, it was pure champion versus TV champion Mm. also for the titles. And so Dragon Lee is now holding the, 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 the tag championships and the TV championships while, Rouge holds the world championship. So now LFI is holding a bunch of these titles where just this it's just it's essentially a shift in power where uh the foundation was holding the pure and tag titles. Now the uh now LFI is holding the the world TV and the tag titles, hmm. which just leaves them with the pure rules. I think that that works really well. This match is really good because it's like Gresham and Lethal are just smug fuckers because they they just they just out wrestle Dragon Lee and Kenny King at the beginning of the match. And they just use rope breaks very quickly. Yep. And they're like, you got to watch out. You know, you've used two rope breaks, right? Like the Jay Lethal, such a good TV wrestler. He's like, you know, you use two, right? Like, you know, you guys aren't doing this very well, right? <laughs> and there's, there's a point that is so good where Jay Lethal, he's like, you know, wrestling circles around Kenny King. Kenny King gets to the ropes to get out of a figure four. And uh, Jay Lethal is like, get letting it go. And then Kenny King is like alright we're doing a break and then he slaps him and gets out of the ring and starts like taunting him and like doing you know just like a little a little strut and Dragon Lee clearly doesn't know what's happening because he doesn't really speak English he just walks up beside Kenny King and starts strutting with him And <laughs> it's just like it's just so funny where it's just like he's just yes anding him and it's like yeah. hell yeah, Dragon Lee the boy <laughs> oh gosh I remember that now <laughs> <laughs> I, this the first three months of 2021 are so burned in my brain because those that was like when I was making videos the most about uh, that was when I think the first quote unquote season of uh, of pure excellence was like it ended with the yeah. mat, uh, with the pure title match at uh, the 19th anniversary, which is the end of March. So I remember this era extremely well because I also had to edit it. So every t- every pure rules match I remember so vividly. <laughs> Uh, but the best match of february and also it might be the best match of uh of the year and it might only be in context i think is on this same episode which is roosh versus shane taylor i
0: was gonna say that match is poor.
1: Oh, that match is freaking good i think i think it's good without context. In context Holy, this match is so good. Like, It's like Shane Taylor has all the, the momentum in the world because his great promo beforehand. Roosh is such a good, unbeatable champion type. He wrestles so violently, but Shane Taylor is great at meeting that. And they have Kenny King on commentary, and Kenny King and Shane Taylor have been in factions together. They've been longtime friends, but Kenny King is in LFI, and Kenny King was like going, they were showing promos beforehand where he was talking to Roosh, being like, you know, we don't you we don't have to do, doing the thing where it's like we don't have to cheat to beat him like you're rooch you can do this basically making it clear he doesn't want to be a part of any like screwing Shane Taylor and he's on commentary the whole time and talking about the history but st- but never making it like big up he's he's never not big upping LFI but he's all, also saying like he, him and Shane Taylor are very good friends and just the way the match ends of Shane Taylor like Kenny King uh, Rouge gets a chair. Kenny King is like, I, you know, I thought we weren't doing this, and he goes down to the ring. He takes the chair, and, and he, you know, he swings the chair. Rouge moves and and hits Shane Taylor. And then I I thought that it was like, oh, it was an accident, and Kenny like Rouge just avoided it. But then Kenny King is like laughing and shaking hands with uh with Rouge, and then Rouge wins. And I'll I always remember the thing that really sold it was because this was uh the main event of the show. This was after the pure uh tag match where um Ian Riccoboni, he's he always closes out the show with like talking about the stuff and then he ends up just talk about happy wrestling everybody and all that. And just he sounds so upset and defeated. <laughs> yeah. I just like had like soiled the idea of friendship and clean wrestling and good times and Ian Riccoboni is so Tangibly bummed out, and I watched it, and I was also just, like, deflated because they had built it up so, so well, Mm. and, like, with how much uh, uh, momentum Shane Taylor had and how the match was going, and Kenny King on commentary was not – he was not hamming it up as much as he could have. Yeah. And it, it wasn't obvious that he was going to do that. It wasn't obvious that it was, like, going to turn. And even when he did turn, it was, like, not surprising but it was like, why would you do that? And then it's just the way, like Ian Riccoboni, uh, scoring it with, uh, with his commentary job is just like, oh, it was such a good match out of context. But it is like one of the best bits of like just execution that I've seen in TV wrestling, like ever. And it just, it just, I just remember feeling so tangibly bummed at the end of the show because <laughs> it, it's literally, it's literally like ending with like the bad guys won this entire show. Yeah.
2: Like, you just turn, you just turn up, and then you just like see your favorite just get like punched in the face, and you just have yeah. to sit there and just be like, okay, I got to deal with this now.
1: It's how I, it's how I felt <laughs> at of like MMA shows where like it's, how, it's like when I, when Conor McGregor knocked out Jose Aldo, I was, I was so bummed. It's like this sucks. I don't like how this feels. I don't like that I now exist in this, and it's like. I'm invested in this show so much that like it's just like it's I'm exhausted watching this, but it's in a good way as opposed to a bad one. <laughs>
0: For more information on why José Aldo is one of the great MMA greats, go to Forrest's channel on his video about all about Jose Alda.
1: <laughs> God such a good video. <laughs>
0: Such <laughs> such a damn good video. I am I am uh, very excited to see more MMA content from you, Forrest. Now I have to just uh, I have to just kind of stop this dead in its tracks because I will have to say we're on a bit of a time schedule here, so we're gonna have to really condense everything now. About half an hour, and to try and get all the rest of the year into about half an hour. So good let's lot. get to, let's get to March.
2: Don't worry, we can do fucking Gonzo shit. We can do Gonzo uh...
0: shit. Let us get straight into. To march now forrest you said you wanted God. to reference something in march and i am happy for you to take the floor with that
3: yeah
1: so i'll just get things really quick whole story of march is uh is building up to the 19th anniversary pay-per-view they yep. all the stories with the uh with the matches they all kind of build up into that pay-per-view big ones you got big ones that are worth watching uh uh Dak draper versus fred Yehai, pure rules Great on match. march on March 12th, very, 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 very good match. Dalton Castle, Josh Woods have a pure rules rematch on March 5th. Also very good uh, segment at the end with Silas Young uh, coming out and uh, talking to Josh Woods. Very strong. Um, there is a Tony Deppen versus Kenny King match, which is solid, but it's mostly just a good story match. Um, big one that is worth watching is eight man tag match on March 19th, which is La Faxiona Gobernable versus the foundation. It's all, it's like the four of them, the match is so fucking good and so fucking fun. All of their bit, all of these big multi-man tag matches worth watching. Yes. Uh, 19th anniversary. I think the whole show is good. I think it's good top to bottom. It got a little messed up because Dragon Lee, I think like, um, he like had a, a perforated eardrum or something. Like he's oh, something...
0: yeah, because he had to didn't he had to get replaced by La
2: Bestia.
1: He he got replaced uh by Kenny King oh, in the two. In match.
2: before they try and make yeah. him wrestle while everything sounds like it's underwater.
1: Yeah. So so it's initially going to be uh Dragon Lee versus Tracy Williams for the TV title, and Dragon Lee Kenny King uh versus Uh, I think it was Tracy Williams, Rhett Titus for the tag title. So Tracy Williams and Dragon Lee are playing double duty. Now Tracy Williams and Kenny King are doing double duty. Those two matches are good. Kenny King is not as good as, uh... oh no, no Bestia replaced uh, him in the tag title because Kenny King was already tag champ, but then it was, yeah, Kenny King and um, Tracy Williams for the TV title. Those matches are fine. It's unfortunate. The Dragon Lee wasn't there uh flip gordon mark briscoe have a match that's really that's really solid jay briscoe and ec3 have been feuding for this entire year <laughs> which by a the pro- whole, i do a- like
0: this uh rivalry purely for the promos that jay was doing yeah. on ec3 and he's just yeah that's, that's like saying, the, that's like the best bits <laughs> i'm
1: not shaking your hand <laughs> their their feud has their feud has been good the promo video beforehand is perfect the match is unnecessarily like presented as an epic it's a very good match it's a little too long and like wrestled as a a a a a, like a big epic match doesn't need to be that it is still a good match shane taylor promotion yeah
2: i'll be honest i ain't needing to see no epic vc 3 in it as much (laughs) as i as much as i like the guy as a as a wrestler from before i can't i don't need to be seeing him in a 25 minute epic
1: it was it was like only it was like 17 minutes. It's just they it was it was not that long because Ring of Honor doesn't have very long matches. No, <laughs> just, just is-
2: like there's like the, the, the framing of like the epic match as companies love to to do now. So please see uh any New Japan title match. <laughs> it,
1: I think that it is only um I think that it is only like 17 minutes, but they leave space in between the stuff that's like oh big war. Um it it is 20 minutes long. Anyway, um, it's a good match. Mile your mileage may vary. Uh, <laughs> promotions in Mexa Squad have a six-man tag title match. It's good. It's not as good as their first one, uh, but it does lead into a Mexa Squad like little feud thing where they have Bandito versus Rey Ors versus Flamita. So like a triple threat to like get the bad blood out. They have a big match on the pay-per-view. It's it's really good. Big. Uh, big Spot Fest match, fun gifts. Mm. Enjoy match to watch. Uh, Dalton Castle, Josh Woods have a third match. It's under regular rules. Um, it's the best of their three matches, I think. And it ends with uh, Silas Young uh, hitting Josh Woods with a chair, uh, set up a rivalry with them. Very good. Jonathan Gretchen versus Dak Draper. If Rouge versus Shane Taylor is not their bet, is not the best match of the year. Jonathan Gresham, Dak Draper for Pure Title. Yeah, it is a perfect match from beginning to end. It is perfectly structured to be an excellent match. Dak Draper has been being built up as a uh, championship contender throughout uh, throughout March. He that the Yehai match. He won under Pure Rules. He fought Joe Keys under Pure Rules on the YouTube show week by week on March second. Uh, if you're interested, go watch that. It's a really good match. It sells Dak Draper really well. Jonathan Gretchen, and Dak Draper, remarkable match. Roosh versus Jay Lethal, world title, perfect. Love that match. What I want to highlight is there is a moment in the in the pay per view beforehand of Jay Lethal goes up to the referee uh, Todd Sinclair, and he goes up to him and 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 like implores him, do not end the match if the if LFI interferes. Like, just telling them, like, he doesn't want the match to end because he wants the chance to be able to win the match. Like, he knows they're going to do it. Please don't let the match end like that. And Todd Sinclair is, like, apprehensive. I love this because Jay Lethal is such a fucking cop.
3: And he's just <laughs> going
1: up and getting palling it up with the referees. And it's so funny that, like, Jay Lethal is such a police officer that he is just, like, he's calling in favors from the referee. He, because is, he is
2: the ROH cop caller.
1: Ah, it's so good. This match is great. There is a moment where they interfere, where uh, where LFI interferes, and Ton Sinclair goes to dis- to to disqualify Arouche, but then he like he just like he um, he hesitates, and then Jay Lethal is able to fight back a little bit. This match is is remarkable. It's 18 minutes, sensational match. Um, March is a really good year. There is also uh, there's a there there's a lot of stuff in there that is very good But well, you know time crunch 19th anniversary one of the better pay-per-views of uh, of the year i think in general in wrestling i think it also it also has a cinematic match with matt taven and vincent Which where is, they're wrestling in their old school that they or the old uh building where they used to train together it's the best cinematic match because it is it is wrestled as a Fight between these two where they acknowledge the camera. It's not just a wrestling. It's not just a fight shot as a movie. Like Matt Taven is constantly like saying, like, "Come on!" Like bringing the camera along with them. It's the camera's there to document it, and it's wrestled like as a match very well. And they're doing like ridiculous spots, like, like getting thrown down the stairs and just actually like getting thrown downstairs. And it is like this seems unnecessary for a thing that no one likes. But they committed with their whole penis, and I support them for it.
0: (laughs) And here was me. And here's me thinking that, well, ROH did end up doing another cinematic match. And I think for personal reasons, that one I find to be the more, uh, my favorite out of the out of the two. But we'll get to that one. We will definitely get to that one. So in between all this, as we get into April, yes, I can't forget that there was actually a rivalry
1: that Dan Hans-Hausen had had with, uh, with Brian Johnson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good uh, undercard, like, comedy rivalry. Brian Johnson, Ring of Honor loved Brian Johnson because he he I, he had entrance music, but his whole thing was he was just a guy who was so fucking mad. And so yeah. he would come out just he just would come down to the ring with a microphone and yelled. He just yes. yelled and it was awesome. I just I and I just loved
0: it purely that like like the reason that Brian Johnson was so angry at Danhausen was simply because
1: well, Danhausen was Danhausen. Yeah, he was
2: <laughs> being mad at this silly little yeah. gremlin's existence.
1: It's a perfect like Bugs Bunny type rivalry. Yes, where like angry man fighting cartoon character, <laughs> and the more serious the man takes it, the more silly the cartoon character comes off.
2: That's why and- we like our silly little gremlins.
1: Exactly, <laughs> and the more angry the man becomes, <laughs> it's so good. Brian Johnson. Eh, wrestler. There is actually in March, there is a match that is on YouTube between Dragon Lee and Brian Johnson for the TV title. Not yes. on TV, first place to put it. Good match. It's like six minutes long. Good match. Dragon Lee is way better as a heel and on TV than he ever was in New Japan. And I put that on everything. Yeah. Uh,
0: Again, you know what? I won't go as far as New Japan that's... moment. <laughs> I won't go as far as to say that wasn't a ridiculous statement. Uh, that definitely isn't for, for sure. Um, gosh, what else did we have in, in April? We had, oh, we had Rocky Romero versus Delirious in a pure rules match. I remember that one. Oh, that yeah. Match-
1: rules. That match is really good. Match- I love that match a lot. Delirious has I no. Stand,
2: I stand what? by my uh, my Rocky Romero agenda.
1: Oh, yeah. Rocky Romero is great. Um, on the same show, there's a Jay Lethal Jonathan Gresham tag match versus Bandito and Flamita. Oh, yeah.
0: Which is really oh, good. <laughs>
1: And at the end of it, uh, Jonathan Gresham challenges Jay Lethal for uh, in a you know foundation versus foundation pure title match on the next week, which is the 500th episode of Ring of Honor TV. Yep. Um, uh, Jonathan Gresham, Jay Lethal is remarkable. It is mm. a, it is it's a it's a match that I felt it was the same that I had about Joe Keys. I was mixed. I was mixed about it. I liked it. I was mixed about it when I first watched it. Every time I've rewatched that match, I have liked it more. Mm. Uh, and, and then when I was writing a video about it and like looking at all the details, it is such a good match. It is such a good, well put together match. If you watched it once, I get being like, eh, on it. But I also think that there are a lot of moments in it that are like formatted really, really well. And just like the 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 drama of uh, Jay Lethal forces Jonathan Gresham to use all of his rope breaks and is just like beating the tar out of Jonathan Gresham as the match goes down. And then they get into like this big fast paced scramble, which Gresham has been beating Jay Lethal at. Mm. And and then the way that it ends is, you know, they, they're doing the thing where they're going, you know, arm locked, arm drag, all that. Jonathan Gresham gets a uh, gets a head scissors. Jay Lethal does the thing where you, you know, you, you kick out of it, but as he goes to kick out of it, Jonathan Gresham just reaches up and holds his leg and just rolls him up for three. Yeah. And it's just like, it, when you watch it back, it's very much a bait to do it, but it comes after a big drama filled portion where Jay Lethal is, has Gresham in like the rings of Saturn and forces Gresham to crawl his way all the way over to some ropes to use his last rope break. And it's like, Oh, these two have like, Jay Lethal has forced Gresham to use his rope breaks in submissions this entire match. Jonathan Gresham hasn't forced Lethal to use one, and Jay Lethal has all the momentum. And the only way that it could end is like Jonathan Gresham like gets a Hail Mary and it pays off. It is an excellently put-together match that I think is one that it holds up better every time I see it. I, I think it gets better the more details you see with it. Exactly. On the flip side of that,
0: on the exact same show, we had a gonzo batshit insane singles match with Mark and Jay Briscoe. Yeah.
1: <laughs> they've they've been building up all year to this, where it's like they they're not on the same page and they're they're fighting each other. They have this big fight, and I think it ends with Mark Briscoe winning by count out. out Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when Jay Lee, like uh, Jay Lee, when Jay Briscoe jumps off of uh the ropes and like goes through a table, and Mark Briscoe is able to crawl in the ring first. Really good match. They like putting the Briscoes on with uh pure title with pure title matches, as we'll see later. But uh five hundredth episode of Ring of Honor, fantastic. J-Luther Jonathan Gresham, I made a video on the Ring of Honor YouTube channel for you it.
0: indeed. <laughs> and I really enjoyed that video.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I I maintain like those videos are like they are the best wrestling content because they are like genuinely supplemental in that. It's just talking about the way that these. It's talking about wrestling as if it were like sports, but it it the only reason that it worked is because I could talk about the trends and stats of like you know rope break usage and the way stuff worked and the general styles, but then for some reason Ring of Honor was able to adhere to that. Like the mm-hmm. the matches were – like the way when I when I talked about stuff, very often these would end up being elements in the match. And it was strangely consistent to the point where, when I was talking about the matches in these videos, I could very often tell how the match was going to go and just kind of described it. And some people like have said, like, did you see the match beforehand? Did you know the result? I didn't know shit. They didn't tell me anything. I (laughs) I just talked about, I just like tracked stats myself, like all those stats. Like I kept, I was keeping a spreadsheet by this point to be aware of what was (laughs) happening in the uh happening in the divisions because I wanted to talk about them and I like trends and I like measurables. And so talking about it in that, I made a video for Jonathan Gresham, uh Dak Draper. Hmm. Uh that was like a similar thing by the numbers. I I talk ex- I I describe exactly how that match is gonna go. Like almost like beat for beat, I just describe how that match is gonna go. And it's something I'm very proud of because it's basically just predictive and recognizing trends but then i love that ring of honor was like for some reason able to keep up with their own trends enough that it paid off in a way that was rewarding if you watched and pay attention as much yeah, as i could. exactly exactly all
0: right we're gonna have to really fly by now um as we get to as we get into april And we're gonna have to kind of fly through the year as fast as we possibly can. So maybe maybe we can split this into two. Possibly, I don't. At this point, I feel like we may have to.
1: But I I I can run through stuff really quickly because I do have a sheet that I've made for people. uh, That I that I made for someone with like all the matches, and I'm just kind of going off of that. I can really quick bullet go through it. But it's I was going to gonna say, that's... if
0: you if you can pick like one match from each month, go for it. I say, Forrest. The f- I, I say, go go for
1: it. <laughs> yeah. Um. The uh. In in yeah. In May, Silas, Young, Josh Woods have a singles match. It's really good. Shane Theater Promotions has a six man tag title match with Primal Fear. It's solid. It's solid match. Uh, Yeah, On the week-by-week show, world-famous CB faces Wheeler Yuta in a Pure Rules match that is playing off of a match in March, the Pure Rules gauntlet match, where Wheeler Yuta came in and eliminated world-famous CB. Their match under Pure Rules, really fucking good. Wheeler Yuta never won a Pure Rules match. Um, Which
0: surprises me, because when I
1: went back to look, I was like, wait, no, Yuta never won a Pure Rules (laughs) match. Yeah, he didn't win a, he was being booked in New Japan, Ring of Honor and AEW at the same time and didn't win in any of them until like 2022. Uh it was it was honestly pretty funny. Rocky Rivera and Fred Yehi had a pure rules match, really good. Rhett Titus, Tracy Williams had a tag title match. Uh that was also really good, good story match. Uh there's also uh a an 8-man tag with Violence Unlimited, Brody King's faction with uh uh, dickinson deppen and homicide against yeah. the foundation that's the first time that they came together really good match june josh woods and silas young have a pure rules match it's one of the best pure rules matches of the year yes it is like big payoff like they had a uh three match feud which was like regular rules pure rules last man standing great feud great great little personal feud um the uh there's not a there there is stuff in may uh, in june but it's less good like they really are running the survival of the fittest tournament yes it ends with uh bandito winning and becoming the number one contender and somewhere in here i think that it's in this month there is a pure rules gauntlet match that is i think uploaded on youtube that is a lot longer than the first one because the first one was formatted for tv this one's like an hour long it's really, really good, and I think it's worth watching. Mm. The Pure Rules Gauntlet match is, like, it is formatted in a strange way where it's, like, it's pure rules, but your uh, rope breaks carry over between people. And it's, like, it's interesting, but I never tracked those stats because it was formatted differently. But this one, <laughs> there there were three Pure Rules Gauntlet matches. The first one and the third one are fine. The second one is a genuinely good thing. It's, I believe, on YouTube. You can go find it. <laughs> Um, um, July, uh, July 2nd is probably the best episode of Ring of Honor TV of the year. Yes. Um, uh, uh, oh, as, a. Jay Briscoe, Mark Briscoe fight on the farm, which, which I'm is...
0: which I'm saying for me is my favorite cinematic match for Ring of
1: Honor. <laughs> it, it's really good. I think that the, I think that this one is more in the vein of like you know the Boneyard match from the uh, yeah.
0: From... Oh yeah, for me it's oh, it's like if you ever wanted to know what two brothers fighting each other really looks like, then watch that match. <laughs>
1: it was this was format of part of that. I liked the format of the um of the of the Matt Taven-Vincent one just because it yeah. was like it was it was just it was formatted in a better way where it's like the camera was uh was acknowledged it wasn't like this is just being shot like this uh, but it also has Jonathan Gresham Fred Yehi I could see this match being super divisive because it's weird it's like a weird art match where most of it is like spent in like uh collar and elbow tie-ups and like stalemates yeah and then it and then it ends with a roll-up suddenly i totally get if someone does not like this match it is a weird match and but i love it i think yeah. it is a it is a very very good admirable match it's and a, it's a I-
0: tremendous match and for me it makes me realize as well as that fred yay is so freaking underrated
1: He's very good, yeah. He was underrated in Ring of Honor as well because he had, like, one more match in the company. After that, he faced, like, Ray Oris, and it was good, but it was... But then he never wrestled in the company again, which is a shame. Uh, Then there's the Best of the World pay-per-view. It's also very good. There's a Brody King-Jay Lethal match, which is incredible. Uh, This is a spoiler for it. Brody King just beats the shit out of Jay Lethal, and then Brody King just wins. It's basically (laughs) a squad. It's insane. Like, Brody King is amazing. He's way better than uh, Malachi Black and uh, by like a lot. Uh, Brody King rules so hard and if <clears throat> you want an example of it, watch him in Ring of Honor in 2021. Yeah. Because, yeah. Holy- good. Uh, Jonathan Gresham has a match with Mike Bennett at this pay-per-view. I was told about this match about a month in advance because I was asked if I wanted to make a video about it. I said no because I don't know what I would say about it because Mike Bennett hadn't had a a pure rules match. So I was unfortunately spoiled about Jonathan Gresham Fred Yehi. Um where I did make a video about that on the Ring of Honor YouTube channel, but hmm. Jonathan Gresham Mike Bennett, this this show had uh fans in attendance. Gresham Bennett is exquisite. It is just another it's just an example of just how good the pure rules matches can be. It yes. doesn't play to, it doesn't play to the uh like, it's not a weird art match like Gresham Yehi is. It's not even, like, weird detail-oriented like uh, Gresham Lethal. It is very much a, you know, st- bog-standard, like, very, very good wrestling match under pure rules. It just is a very strong match. There's Tony Depp and Dragon Lee for the TV title. These two have a match that is basically just one of those uh, Dragon Lee-Hiromu matches, except it's Tony Depp. And, yeah. and Tony Deppen does just fine at it, fast-paced fun roosh and bandito have a match for the world title it's solid i don't think it's amazing but it's good bandito wins yep and i i think that it's uh it it i i think the match is fine it's a shame that roosh doesn't wrestle too much more for ring of honor spoiler mm-hmm. but it is a it's a good match um it was a thing that was recorded like saying that was like it was aired on tv the same weekend as the show but it was meant to be in in build up It was a tag title tag match uh, with Dragon Lee, and Kenny King versus Brody King, Tony Deppin, and Jay Lethal and Jonathan Gresham. So like a three way tag match between the three big factions. Really good. Um, there's also a women's tournament going on to determine a a women's champion. Yes. And this is the first time that I just thought was just really good. It was a uh, Roxy, which is Roxanne Perez in NXT, mm-hmm. versus Sumi Sakai. I oh, think nice. Sumi. Sakai. I think Sumi Sakai is dog shit. I hate Sumi Sakai. <laughs> Every time I've seen her, I think she's trash. She's so good in this match. This match is awesome. Yeah, uh, this on- that,
2: ma- that match I-
1: is really, really good. Has no reason to be that good. Um, <laughs> August, there is uh, Max the Impaler versus Dead in the first round of the tournament. I uh, love the-
2: Max the Impaler. I have all this match. We do. Well. we do. We do in this house.
1: The Impaler is good. Um, there is a, uh, champions versus all stars, like eight man tag, which is like the, uh, four champions versus like the four number one contenders. It's really good. Um, there is, uh, there are these two events, uh, glory by honor, like day one, day two. Uh, they are mostly best for uh, – There are there's an eight-man Violence Unlimited tag match on yeah. both of them. One is LFI, which is this balls-to-the-wall, like, plunder street fight, which, where it's just cartoon violence. I
0: love the fact that it just ends up – well, like, earlier in the year, LFI go into a match, and then it goes into chaos. This one is literal chaos yeah. <laughs> from the start. Look,
2: right, they know what they're good at.
1: <laughs> it starts. And is a mess. It starts it as a mess. It is, is a mess. Gets thrown out. Then it gets restarted as a street. Yeah. <laughs> the second night has the foundation versus violence unlimited. Also awesome. Less of a shit show. There's <laughs> also, there's also Shane Taylor promotions versus incoherence, uh which is yeah. Hello wicked delirious. And I don't remember the other one. This match is the best six man tag t- title match of the year. It for no reason. It's so good. Um, and there's also a Bandito Ray Ors versus Dragon Lee Roosh tag match, which is technically the last match that Roosh wrestles in Ring of Honor. It's amazing. Roosh is so good. Roosh and Dragon Lee are excellent. Also, it's main evented by Matt Taven versus Vincent in a steel cage match. It's one of the best steel cage matches I've seen. It's also a complete shitshow mess. But as it's, is <laughs> uh, it's, it's, every cage, match. it's so bad that like the cage breaks and they have to fight in the crowd while Ring of Honor staff quietly zip tie the cage together. It's so low rent and so messy, but it works so well. um I gotta go, I gotta go through this faster. <laughs> there's the uh, <laughs> women's, women's, there's other women's matches, Trisha Allison k Angelina Love versus Max the Impaler. Weirdly good story match. Angelina Love, not a good wrestler. This match works really well. Yeah. Uh, September Shane Taylor Promotions has a match with LFI. Uh really good. Roxy versus Angelina Love is, is good because it's like playing off of injuries that Angelina Love has. Roxy's yeah. really good. Um, Josh Woods faces Will Ferrara Pure Rules match is like the day before Death Before Dishonor. He's the number one contender. Will Ferrara is like a uh, dojo trainer with Jonathan Gresham. Um and Jonathan Gresham's on commentary when they're gonna have their big match for the uh, for the pure title. Josh Woods just kills him in like three minutes. It's amazing. It's such a good squash match. It's a it's the perfect squash. It's it's like perfect uh TV wrestling. Uh the death report is honor pay-per-view is really good. Jonathan Gresham, Josh Woods, a weird art match. It is a weird, like they use up all of their rope breaks and but like it's because they won't let go of each other when they're wrapped up in the ropes Mm, and then and then it ends in a double pinfall um and then jonathan gresham says no we're we're not doing that the crowd there was a crowd here they didn't like it because they were too committed to their art they they uh they they were too cool made too much money had too (laughs) much crypto they were too cool the crowd didn't enjoy it uh (laughs) and with Ends with Josh Woods winning. Josh Woods has been like a big project for Ring of Honor for like the last year within the pure division, and it pays off here. I made a video about this, it's awesome. Uh, match of the night is Roxy versus Miranda Aww, Alize. It's such that a mean- good match. It is one of the better women's matches in the last of the 2020s, I think. Like outside of like Joshi promotions, it might be the best. I don't there aren't a lot of better ones than this for sure. Um there is also there are a couple matches near the uh, end of the month. Like there's a Rhett Titus versus Mike Bennett pure rules match that is good. There's another pure rules gauntlet match. It's like a pure rules episode of ROH. Um, it's on the 17th of September. It's good, but it's like it's not special. It's just like oh, it's a good match. <laughs> uh, um, October there wasn't a ton in this match in, in in October. It was a weirdly quiet month. I think this was. I this might have also been the month that like I think this was right around when it broke that yeah Ring of this Honor.
0: was this was it's kind of weirdly prophetic and how quiet it was when it got announced that Ring of
1: Honor was shutting kind of shutting down for oh, yeah. that was it was it, it was right before the uh, the Halloween episode yeah because also Sinclair was having issues with broadcasting so they aired the episode on YouTube like that day yeah. and so it it was it was a really weird bummer sh- bummer time um so it's a very quiet month that then then this happens the rest of the year it comes a little slower because uh the fir- the beginning of november it's very clear that this stuff was recorded before the the news yeah. because there's a really awesome 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 um rivalry that was started with the Foundation and uh, Vincent's group, like The Righteous. Yes. And they're alluding to, like, Jay Lethal, like, being like, you know, like, kind of the core of it. But then when Ring of Honor is announced to ha- to be uh, going under, Jay Lethal almost immediately goes to AEW. Yeah. And so, and yes. so these episodes are still airing, and it's like, this is sad to watch. Because it, it was an awesome storyline that was being built up. Mm. And it's like, mm. it sucks that this never got, like, the payoff that it could have. Um, there is a, there's a special event here. It was It's called Honor for All. Uh, nice. Really uh, Tracy Williams goes back to uh, Pure Rules in a match that I didn't even know was going to be a Pure Rules match because they didn't tell me. Because I, I was on like the ROH website like reading news that they would be putting out for matches because no one's tweeting about it. So I, I have to look into it. So I didn't know this was going to be Pure Rules. It's solid. Jonathan Gresham... Uh, after losing the pure title, goes to the world title division and is facing Brody King, who has been, like, the perpetual number one contender. This match is Uh, amazing. (laughs) Awesome match. Oh, my God. The the Briscoes face uh, AJ Gray and Effie for the GCW tag titles. Oh, yes, they did.
0: I remember. I know. I remember
1: that. (laughs) It's great. It was also where uh, Ian Riccoboni, like, first, like, openly said, like, well, like talked about, you know, the the past with Jay Briscoe and his comments and stuff like that, and just talked about how Effie and that were like, like- acknowledged him and things like that. Um. Uh, uh, oh. Um. LFI Dragon Lee Kenny King face uh Taven and Bennett. Yeah. Uh, uh. In a tag match, really good. Bandito and Flamita end the show with a no DQ match. It's fine, but the the match of the night is Jonathan Gresham, Brody King. Yes. Uh Dragon Lee and Dalton Castle have a TV title match. It's great. There's a uh show, there's a match on the week by week show. Uh Rhett Titus versus Brian Malonis, who has been wrestling under Pure Rules. It's actually good. Brian Malonis is a very big fat wrestler. And he started doing a he was the best pound for pound pure wrestler. And it's like, oh, great bit. Perfect bit. He's not bad under pure rules. This is his best match. Uh because Rhett Titus is also really good. Um this match is this match is strong. I like it a lot. Uh, December is very slow month, uh, because there's not much of it. Um, yeah. so they're mostly are up, They're mostly uploading stuff on YouTube. There's a Jonathan Gresham versus Dragon Lee match. It's good. Miranda Alizé faces Chelsea Green. Chelsea Green's a cringe Lord. She's a good wrestler in Ring of Honor. She had like a bunch of really good matches that I kind of just skipped over because, you know, I'm do I'm bad at doing time crunch. But Chelsea Green was good. <laughs> and, but Chelsea Green was good in Ring of Honor, like for no reason. I she's she's uh, she's another one of these people. She's the only woman who's like this, unlikable, but she's a good wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, final battle. I actually have a, um, I, I so I was planning on attending Final Battle mm. uh, because it was like oh it's the you know the end of an era thing. Uh, I ended up not doing that because it was expensive um <laughs> and i was planning on watching it and you know getting emotionally invested in it you know end of an era and all that there was a big storm that day and uh my power went out for a little bit it wasn't a big deal most other people i knew had power my power was out all night into the next day Ooh. because because a a tree had fallen on the power line that only seemed to only go to my house it was only my power line
2: so basically the whole universe just really didn't want you to see it
1: Fuck, dude. I, I was I was miserable like I went over to my friend's house to charge my phone because he had power and his and he and he had a kid he, he had his kid going around his kid was screaming his house stunk it was a bad night my phone was dying my girlfriend was uh it was at her mother's house like in uh, like 20 minutes away like in the next town over so I was like I'm just by myself miserable with a dead phone
0: and I bring uh, up like, on his
1: ending I just everything's going wrong. So my experience with Final Battle was uh, decidedly like I, I've never seen the full pay per view to this day because like I could never watch it like the same way that I would have. Um, Josh Woods, Brian Johnson. I was going to make a video about that, and what I what I had like detailed out again was exactly the way the match ended up going <laughs> because it, to to the to the, to the last. Ring of Honor was consistent with how they booked this ridiculous division. Um, It was like, Brian Johnson uses all of his rope breaks in every single match, and he forces none. And Josh Woods never uses rope breaks. And the match ends with Brian Johnson using all of his rope breaks, and the match ends with a submission in the ropes. And it's like, oh, how good, how fantastic. Shane Taylor, Kenny King, it's a rivalry that's been being built up the entire year. It had been really getting pushed in with Violence Unlimited fighting, LFI, and big tag matches. Uh, it was, from what I saw, it was good. Again, less investment because uh, I was miserable. Uh, <laughs> Taven and Bennett against the Briscoes was very good. Yeah. I think either of them winning would have been fine. Obviously, the Briscoes winning is better because the Briscoes being the last Ring of Honor tag champs is poetic. Taven and Bennett winning would have been fine because they're both Ring of Honor yeah. down to the core. Obviously, the Briscoes are. Jonathan Gresham, Jay Lethal. That ma- like people were suggesting like when uh, when Bandito wasn't gonna be able to make it. it's like oh send CM Punk send Brian Danielson it's like guys the most obvious pick is Jay Lethal it was yeah. it's the it's, it's it's a layup the as match much as is, we
2: may not like it the answer was Jay Lethal
1: <laughs> the match the match is good it's not great but like it was always very very obvious that like Jonathan Gresham had to win the world title here. Um, it was never going to like it, it, in any world where like, it could never have been anyone but Jonathan Gretchen winning the title here and ends on the best note. There are two matches afterwards that uh, kind of fucked with me because they were two pure rules matches because I had my notes and I was going to make a like, wrap up for the pure division, but I need my, I need my, my tallies of breaks and stuff to be completely accurate to talk about averages and totals and things. So I had the thing and I wrote it out and then it's like, Oh, there's this match with Josh Woods and Dak Draper for the pure championship. It's like, why, what is it for? That match is really good. Then I had all my shit written out. It was all done. Then on the 20, on the 23rd, this is the last ring of honor match that was uploaded it was world-famous CB versus Delirious under pure rules. Yeah. The, ma- the match is great. It's, it's a fantastic match. World-famous CB wins, the match ends, and Delirious like takes off his mask and gives it to world-famous CB, who is so very clearly moved, he just starts crying. And it's such an emotional way for Ring of Honor to end, and they never ran any other shows. And thus... And thus comes to the end of
0: Ring of Honor in 2021. And what would happen? That suddenly, nothing. We fought, no, nothing happens. No, right. <laughs> they never get brought out by Tony Khan.
2: Our, no. our Ring of Honor had to return to its home planet.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what Tony of Honor is doing, but uh, Ring of Honor died. <laughs> Where's all Dave honesty, Honor?
0: I feel like I, this all confirms to me is that I wasn't that mad in in thinking that Ring of Honor in twenty twenty one isn't as bad as I think a lot of people painted it out to be, or like a casual a casual audience would have painted it out to be. It's the thing as they they be. would
2: they would do they were doing something different.
1: Yeah, the, the idea of Ring of Honor in 2021, it was like it had fallen so far and it was very, being wrestled in front of no audiences and like you can make easy jokes and blah, blah, blah. But it, all I need in my wrestling, and this is why I can never love wrestling again, the only thing I need in wrestling is for there to be stakes and feel like the people in the match are like give a shit and want to win the match because winning the match means something. Be it moving up in a division or, or for personal reasons or... to to be a number one contender. I just need that. Ring of Honor in 2021 did that so meticulously that it was insane. Like it it was borderline unnecessary how much they did to justify every single match with all of like the pre-shot promos and all of the editing that they did. And they were able to make compelling promos from people like Flip Gordon and Rhett Titus at the very beginning of the year. Those two are not promo guys. They're not good promos. You could tell even in the editing, but the way that it's edited and the way that it is presented it gives you motivation for everything behind the match, and now the match makes sense. And the way people will defend my example uh, was because it was big on wrestling Twitter was John Moxley versus uh, Konosuke Takeshita, um, where it's like why people were like oh why is this this match happening blah blah blah, and people would defend it saying like oh they'll they'll wrestle the match of the ring and like why do you need justification? It's gonna be a good match. I'm fine with that if all you need is a, if for a match to be good is it will be a good match that's cool i need there to be something else yeah. i need there to be a reason the match is being wrestled and like just the, t- the, the 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 ethereal idea of he wants to win the match because then he wins the match means nothing to me <laughs> and, all, and all ring of honor did it is it is like sometimes there are great matches in in 2021 ring of honor Sometimes there are amazing feuds and great emotional moments, but the thing that they did better than I think any other, especially TV wrestling company did was they gave everything context and everything was booked so tightly. And I think that wrestling fans kind of fundamentally misunderstand what booking is because all booking is, is making everything make sense. And the reason why ring of honor was able to be the reason why ring of honor was able to be, such a well-booked promotion in 2021 is for the simple fact that they were not adhering to anybody except for their own creative vision. Yeah. They, 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 they mass, they mass, um, they mass recorded TV episodes. So they had everything be coherent like NXT used to be, but they didn't have to listen to an audience cheering or booing and worry about whether or not they need to push this guy. They didn't need to worry about wrestlers uh, wrestling and, and only focusing on like, like, audience interaction to have a better product. They just were able to wrestle the matches that were best, most conducive to the story. Again, sometimes there were great matches. Often there were very good matches, but what ring of honor did in 2021 better than I think any other wrestling promotion does is they gave you a reason to be invested. And if, if wrestling is 99% based on investment, And booking a show built around getting people invested in the stories behind matches, then Ring of Honor, it has to be the only good wrestling because most times wrestling promotions, like there's just so many other factors. Because Ring of Honor was in such this confined bubble, it could only be done, it could only be working with its own creative vision, which I don't think any other wrestling company has ever been able to do ever. Because it is out, because it is not in a controlled environment. Yeah. And I understand why wrestling companies can't be that. And it sucks that they can't be that. And I've accepted that they can't be that. <laughs> That's why I've accepted that I'm not going to like wrestling ever as much as I did in 2021. Because everything that I like in wrestling was just done well. Like before Ring of Honor, with the pandemic, I learned what I want out of wrestling and what I care about. And Ring of Honor just delivered all of that at the best time for it and it stands as like all of it is probably still on honor club it still holds up like i have a uh, one of the other uh, youtube people uh and us he's been going through and messaging me about 21 1 ring of honor and just because it is so meticulously explained and set up and contextualized and booked well it holds up incredibly well The in-ring is what is hit and miss but it almost doesn't matter because you if you're watching it consistently you're going to be invested and you're going to know the context so no matter what it's going to elevate the material from lay match is lay five stars
0: (laughs) so tldr wing of honor in (laughs) 2021 is actually kind of really good Uh, basically okay. that was what we were just kind of getting to for this whole point was actually <laughs> ring of Honor in 2021 yeah i'd recommend going back to it <laughs> it's
1: the only good, it's the only good wrestling that's ever happened
0: <laughs> <laughs> so honestly i feel thank you so much forrest for popping on because honestly i think no one has ever done such a comprehensive kind of argument for why uh, this chunk of time in wrestling was so good um until yeah. we got you until you came onto the show so thank you yeah. so much my dude
1: my whole thing is comprehensive and i apologize for uh keeping you guys <laughs> <laughs> this, this is, is what this, this is before a- before we recorded uh sam asked like would you be okay with doing the the timeline and i said no <laughs> because i will just talk about january for an hour <laughs> I basically, and I basically did because there's stuff I just want to highlight. Because the first, especially the first seven months, is pretty much all documented on this Pure Excellence series that yeah. like YouTube.com/slash There are playlists there, and the videos are great. I maintain that they're better than almost every MMA video that I've made except for the one about Kazushi Sakuraba. I
0: was gonna say, don't you dare bring the sacrilege of yeah. your Sakuraba video here. That no, video's man.
1: goated. <laughs> The Sakuraba video is is the second best MMA video that's ever been made, um, and it's it's the best thing I've ever made. And I'm working on a, like a series now that it's still probably not going to be even collectively better than the Sakuraba video. But the Sakuraba video was also like it was brainstormed by me for like three years, so it's like that's like basically my opus. But this pure excellence series. The first season of it was done as it was happening and it's a and if you watch it it's amazing how much like I talk mm-hmm. about like you know storylines that might come up and it still holds together as a cohesive thing. It was being made as the matches were coming. I was making <laughs> it in real time. The second season was made dude I I was making those videos. I made them in like basically two editing <laughs> sessions. Oh, very together, and I uploaded them all. I it was like I worked. I was like, all right, I'm just gonna write all these, and then I made them in like two days, and I uploaded them all at once, so they're all out of order, <laughs> and they got no views because I uploaded them all at once just before the uh, Best in the World pay per view, but that was done like in hindsight, so I was able to allude to storylines more. They are the same show, and that yeah. is how good and comprehensive and cohesive Ring of Honor in 2021 was that I could make these two shows that are made so differently in such different formats and they still hold together the exact same way like I never look stupid in the first season being like oh what could happen here could this happen and then it just goes the complete opposite direction like I didn't have like I didn't have an overarching narrative I just was doing it in real time and it just happened to be so well booked that yeah. it came together perfectly And that is how that's the best way I can describe uh, 2021 Ring of Honor. If you want to watch it, go to Honor Club and watch it. The Pure Excellence series, the only thing that is uh, negative about it is that it is just literally a minute to minute breakdown of pure rules matches. Um, That is just, it just talks about all of them. It's better to watch after you've seen the matches, but also it's just great as a companion to matches because the footage is on screen. It's a, they're great series, youtube.com slash four Sova. It's in a playlist, my MMA videos, whatever, who cares? All I care about are these Ring of Honor videos. <laughs> but if you go to the Ring of Honor YouTube, if you type forsova Sova Ring of Honor, you'll find those videos on the ROH YouTube channel. I also have a playlist for those, it's by, called By the Members. Um, it's all I care about, these. <laughs> these you know what the best videos. part
0: about this is? I didn't even have to give you the floor to plug away. You're immediately doing it over just purely just, <laughs> <you're, you're> automatically. <laughs>
1: It is, it is, well, it, it's just relevant because it's like, yeah. this, is, this is the best way that you can find these things. Um, They're the best way to, it's the best way to like, kind of get exposed to Ring of Honor if you're like a little apprehensive, but don't be, just trust me, your friendly neighborhood pedant. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you know what? That's the best way to end this show, if you ask me honestly though f- honestly thank you so much for popping in forest it's been an absolute pleasure thank you
1: thank you for having me probably won't happen again <laughs> uh because... <laughs> i don't know maybe
0: if we talk about K- kazuchi sakuraba maybe we'll bring you back on
1: yeah would would oh, be I've... all right
0: to talk about sakuraba for three hours
1: um i mean you could just watch this
0: video that i made <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a... <laughs> but what happens if you wanted like a rambly
2: tangent version You'd want Ooh. to come on to the Sweet Chinwag podcast, surely. Ooh, I
1: could do a random. Can, oh, I'm the king. Get, of
2: you can get such insightful commentary as, "Man, I really like orange." Exactly. <laughs> Love,
1: no, honestly, I did a stream once with Chris O'Brien talking about we watched a Sakuraba fight, and I was just like talking about the deep intricacies and layers about like why him beating Hoist Gracie with his gi matters it was basically just I, I regaled him in this uh, in this video before I ever made the video but I, I could talk about Sakuraba all day if you want to talk about Sakuraba I, I'm there Thank you. That, that we, we we will message you
0: as soon as that is like locked in for the episode because I would love to talk about Sakuraba not only just in like his influence in professional wrestling but the fact that the man went from professional wrestling to MMA and absolutely schooled the Gracie.
1: Oh yeah, like the thing that I didn't talk about in that in that documentary um, is like the actual influence that Sakuraba had in MMA because I stopped the video at the Hoist Gracie fight because that's the fight that matters. It's a documentary building up all the historical context going into that fight. I intentionally made it 90 minutes long because that fight is 90 minutes. Oh man, Force is such a genius. I've been doing this for years. (laughs) But I didn't talk about like the stuff that actually like people might relate to, which is the influence that he had and how it relates to wrestling. Namely like, you know, Yuji Nagata and his MMA fights that doesn't exist without Kazushi Sakuraba and the specific culture that that goes into that. That stuff I am very versed in and I am very good to talk about. Didn't put it in the documentary. I could talk about that as it pertains to wrestling all day long.
0: (laughs) Ah, we well, we look forward to that day. That's for darn sure. Anyhow, next episode. Oh, this one. We've been building to this one for quite a while. We have got our dear friend from the Base World Podcast, Melee, in to talk about wrestling wedding angles. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Also, oh, well, I'm yeah. also looking for the f- to war. Wall- I'm looking forward to the feud between you and Melee Riordan, and finally, uh, finally, uh, uh, fight each other over the Rhea Ripley comment. I'll get him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but he's that- ready. <laughs> he is. We're gonna Reardon's- we're gonna introduce promo of the year to the waggies just just for this. Oh no, that's <laughs> for damn sure. That is for damn.
1: <laughs> it doesn't sound like there's going to be a lot of promos. It sounds like he's ready to fight. <laughs> Shoot on that, man. <laughs> but
0: until next episode, I have been Sam. This has been Rian and Dan and Forrest. And you've been hey. listening to the Sweet Man podcast. We will see you as ever on the
3: next one. Bye. Right. Hey. Hey. Bye, hey. 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 hey.